want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to write. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the suppression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the streets. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it! My life has value! I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Hey, welcome to episode two of the Obedient Worker podcast. I am Michael Dell, your humble obedient worker, and joining me, as always, is my sidekick, my personal attorney, Tuffy. Hello. <laughs> there he is, there's Tuffy. Uh, so, Tuffy, the, the first uh, episode of Obedient Worker, I think it went fairly well. Um, how'd you feel about it? Uh, I don't remember what we talked about. <laughs> a COVID. We talked about the Oh, COVID. that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, here in episode two, we will our main topic tonight will be Donald Trump. Because, wow, there's a lot to talk about with Donald Trump. And uh, I'm still confused. I, I, I still don't even know everything. <laughs> Well, what to think about this fella, but we'll get into it later. Uh, and also, uh, we'll, we'll talk about a couple stories in the news. I want to talk. I want to mention. And uh, before we get into any of that, though, let me just remind everyone. You know, we talk about the the conspiracies and the alternative news and the weird stuff on the show. Uh, don't believe a damn word I say, Tuffy. As I always like to tell people, don't believe a word I say. But if I say something that interests you, look into it yourself. Uh, come to your own opinion. I'm just doing the best I can. I could be wrong. Who knows? I could be wrong. But uh, just doing the best I can. That's all any of us can do, Tuffy. Yeah, that's all I'm doing. Because <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, but this world is pretty fucked up. It's uh, a little weird. It's a little weird. And it's getting weirder by the day. So uh, I'm just trying to figure it all out. So, all right, Tuffy, let's check the news. Three, I like to highlight three stories that I felt uh, aren't getting enough attention. Uh, so first... This one is getting attention in the last few days. But about a week ago, the CDC quietly uh, revised their uh, death statistics for COVID. And they uh, said 6% of deaths are due solely to COVID-19 of the 100. Well, I don't know even what the number is these days. They say they try and say 180,000 or whatever. Uh, again, go back and listen to the episode one. We talked about how those numbers are all cooked and complete nonsense. But for the CDC to come out and say that 6% of deaths are due solely to COVID-19, the other 94% had an average of 2.6 comorbidities. On average, 2.6. A lot. So uh, now Trump tweeted this out the other day. And so now people went out, got outraged, and they called it conspiracy, conspiracy theory. And they're saying, oh, well, he doesn't understand what the numbers are. Yes, the numbers are that on the death certificates, 6% of the deaths have just COVID-19 listed. So who knows? There could have been other things involved uh, in these other cases. Now, did, did, in the 94 percent of the cases with COVID and other things, uh, what, you know, what percent of COVID was responsible? Don't know. No one knows. All these numbers are nonsense. But the CDC is admitting that only 6 percent is solely due to COVID. How do you feel about this, Tuffy? Um, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. What do I know? Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I think the big thing here is, yes, I'm sure COVID contributed to the other portions of the other 94% yeah. dying. Uh, but at the same time, so does the normal seasonal flu, and so does a lot of other things. Um, we don't shut down the global economy. For it, you know? um, it, yeah. it seems like they fucked up, and they don't want to admit they fucked up. Because a lot of people died because of the lockdowns um, from, you know, either uh, suicide, drug overdoses, not seeking medical attention when they needed it. Um, so this was a complete disaster all around. And they're, they're doing everything they can to just cling to the story that it's a deadly, deadly disease rampaging through society. When probably the wise thing to do would have been just to, you know, protect the elderly and protect those people who are, uh, you know, susceptible to this. Like if you have cancer or diabetes or other, uh, you know, issues, um, that probably would have been the wise decision. But instead, let's just lock down everybody and shut down the whole economy. And now they're uh, just, I don't know. When does it end, Tuffy? Remember, it's supposed to be 15 days or two weeks. We're just shutting it down to flatten the curve. And now what month are we in now? Uh, uh, since mid-March. Yeah, uh, yeah so, six months. So when does it end? I think it's going to magically end after November. We'll, we'll find out. I don't know. I don't think it's going to magically end then, but. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Um, the other big uh, COVID story, this one got much less attention. Uh, the New York Times ran an article a couple days ago entitled, Your Coronavirus Test is Positive, Maybe It Shouldn't Be. And in the article, it says 90% of tests that have shown a positive rating may have been wrong. <laughs> 90%. Okay. Yeah, no shit. Uh, because if you listen to the first episode of uh, Obedient Worker, we talked about this. We talked about the PCR test and how they can be rigged. And uh, if they they uh, if they do more cycles in the testing, they'll always be positive. They do fewer cycles, it'll always be negative. And each lab is different. Each test kit is different, the amount of cycles they do. So you can just monkey with the numbers as much as you want. And they finally came out and admitted it, that up to 90% of the tests could be false positives. And so what's the New York Times' the solution to this? More testing. They want more testing with uh, different types of tests. So right away, I'm thinking, oh, let's follow the money on those. Who, who owns these companies that makes these tests that they want? But, uh, yeah, this whole thing's just a shit show. Um, the number. Respect COVID, because it, it could kill you. Like any seasonal flu, it's, it's dangerous. But uh, don't panic. There's no need for hysteria. So there you go. Any thoughts on the COVID testing, Tuffy? Uh, like, I know a couple people who got tested in like March or April when they thought they had it because they had bad colds and like, you know, struggling to breathe more than they experienced in past times they've had the flu or colds and they came back negative. So I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what our right. tests are? Let's find some uh, good news here. Uh, story number two uh, in Georgia. Authorities rescued 39 missing or endangered children and arrested nine suspects in Operation Not Forgotten. It's a two-week operation that scoured 20 counties across Georgia, and uh, they uh, saved 39 kids. So, is this the state name, or Tuffy. the country? Uh, the state. The state. Okay. Yeah. There's also a big uh, child trafficking, uh, child endangerment thing going on in Australia where they saved a bunch of kids. Um, so, you know, that's something positive. 
Yeah. It's tough yet. I don't know if you've heard about this. Children are the future. That's what they say. <laughs> They're here to replace us. Not a lot of kids who, uh, you know, that's the future. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Story number three. Go through them quick. Uh, Fort Hood. Let's talk about Fort Hood. Uh, do you know what Fort Hood is, Tuffy? It's an army base where people keep mysteriously dying. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, it's an army post in Killeen, Texas, and I believe it's the most populous uh, army post in the world. It's got 53,400 people well, within the uh, property or, I don't know, the base. What are they is that where it? they had the, the one shooting like five years ago or whatever there, too? Our yes. Fort Hood shooting? Yeah, it was, a, it was longer than that, though. Okay. Um, we have no concept of time, though, so who knows? Yep. It could have been yesterday. But, um, yeah, it was a lot. They did have a shooting there several years ago. Uh, but just this past weekend, a five-member civilian panel arrived at Fort Hood to start a two-week independent review to determine whether the command climate and culture at Fort Hood and the surrounding military community reflects the Army's values, including safety, respect, inclusiveness, and a commitment to diversity, and workplaces and communities are free from sexual harassment. Now, if you had to guess, Tuffy, do you think, uh, yeah, the Nar- yeah, all those things are true at that army post? Sure, yeah, that's all. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure the army has a lot of uh, high standards for inclusiveness and diversity in workplaces and communities free of sexual harassment. Sure, yeah. yeah, don't have to worry about it. Uh, the panel was created following the on's post death of special uh, SPC. What, what does that stand for, Tuffy? Special, special SPC. Yeah, sure. Uh, Vanessa Guillen. She was murdered by fellow soldier specialist Aaron David Robinson. Robinson allegedly uh, sexually assaulted Guillen and then murdered her to cover up the crime. He killed her with a hammer and had his civilian girlfriend, uh, Cecily Ann Aguilar, help him dismember and dispose of the body. Robinson later shot and killed himself when the authorities were closing in on him. His girlfriend has been arrested and she is standing trial. Uh, Guillen is just one of nine soldiers who have died this year at Fort Hood. Most recently, Sergeant Elder uh, Fernandez hanged himself. Uh, Fernandez had reported being sexually abused, but the Army claimed the accusations were unfounded. So sadly... uh, Fernandez went and uh, killed himself. There's one of nine people already this year. Died under unusual circumstances at Fort Hood. So if you go to militaryjusticeforall.com, they have been documenting all the deaths at Fort Hood over the years. And they have documented 154 Fort Hood deaths since 2016, including 23 suicides and 14 homicides. In 2019, the military received... 7,825 reports of sexual assault, a 3% increase from 2018. The Army has the most of all the military branches at uh, 5.5 reports per uh, per 1,000 service members, followed by the Marines at 5.4, the Navy at 5.0, and the Air Force at 4.6. So, Tuffy, if you want to avoid being sexually assaulted, you have a slightly better chance if you join the Air Force. And all the complaints, about 80% of them are from women. And, uh, you know, 20 from men. I did the math for you. Yeah. 
what so yeah, what's going on? Tell for? his girlfriend. Yeah, th- this is what I don't understand. Like, <laughs> hey, uh, hey, honey, I uh, sexually assaulted a lady and murder. You want to help me hey, get rid of her body? Room for a second. I need your hand with something. Um, <laughs> we need to dispose of this corpse real quick, and it's really just a two-person job. So if you could help me out. There is talk that uh, it may have been a superior who did the actual sexual assaulting of the lady. And he got this guy to get rid of the body for him. So that's why he was, you know, he brought in his girlfriend for help. Like, hey, I didn't, you know, I didn't kill her. We just got to get rid of the body. I still feel like there's a long explanation coming before (laughs) you start working there. But man, it's, uh, I, I don't know. It's a lot of people, a lot, of, like I said, 53,000 people in this, uh, place, but it still seems unusual that they're having all these, uh, weird deaths. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on the civilian panel and what they find. But, uh, you know, if I know anything about the government, eh, everything's all right. Don't worry about it. Nothing's wrong. So. There or there will be some other catastrophic event that happens the day the report comes out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, Tuffy, any other uh, news stories lately that have been catching your eye? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, just the usual riding and <laughs> other nonsense. Yeah. But, uh, maybe we'll talk about that next week or whenever. Episode three. So let's get to the main topic of tonight. Donald Trump, the Donald, the man behind The Apprentice, the first game show host to be president of the United States. That's something right there. Um, so what do you think about Donald Trump, Tuffy? What are your general impressions of Donald Trump? Um, he seems like kind of a buffoon. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, pretty narcissistic. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Not necessarily devoted to telling the truth in all instances. Uh, yeah, like he's very, he's a blowhard, I would say. Yeah. Likes to exaggerate, um, yeah. especially about himself uh, and his, uh, his achievements. Yeah. yeah. He's a bit crazy. Like when you look at the stuff sure. where like in the 80s, he would pretend to be his own yeah. like agent or whatever and call the newspapers and talk about either how great he was or how wrong their story was, those kinds of things. Yeah, he. I think his name was John Barron that he used. He would call yeah. people up and uh, say, now, depending on how you look at it, now, if, if he was a beloved figure, they'd be, oh, well, look how enterprising and how clever he was. But because, yeah. you know, if he's Trump, he's like, ah, whatever, we, what a crazy guy. Um, who knows? Um, he might have really small hands. <laughs> yes. You could reach into a Coke bottle and get a quarter. Yep. Yeah. Um, is a great pretty- hair. Great hair. Yeah. He is not a defender of the Central Park Five. Good. <laughs> I'm not a defender of the Central Park Five either. Oh, <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, Trump. Yeah, I, I guess that, you know, he's uh, arrogant. Um, oh, and also his claims of his business success are kind of suspect. Yeah. I mean, he was born into wealth. So, yes, he had a very. I, I think the story he tells is his dad gave him a small loan to get started. The small loan being $1 million. Yeah. And that, and that he paid it back. But it so seems also like his, his dad... dad was like maybe kind of a slumlord in New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. 
So his um, dad was more in what Queens versus Donald being in Manhattan more. Yeah, Donald uh, always wanted to be uh, you know in the best spots in Manhattan. Um, so he's been rich his whole life. He's a billionaire. Uh, he's estimate twice divorced. Uh, yeah, I can't. Ivana was one of them, right? And then and then Marla Maples. Marla Maples. Uh, yeah, I couldn't even remember if he was married to her. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, he's got four kids. Five kids? Five kids. I have no idea. There's Eric. There's Don Jr., Eric, Tiffany, Ivanka, and then Baron. Wow, you know your Trumps. Look at this. Yeah. He, he was also the subject of a great uh, David Letterman bit back in the day, a Trumper monkey. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's good. He was part of a Conan O'Brien bit where he, uh, I think it was after he started running for president, they released like the weird outtake where he just poured a glass of water on a table and said, that's good, isn't it? You use that. <laughs> you ever seen that, that one? No, I it was, why, uh, why did he do that? Conan was doing a bit where it's like celebrity secrets, where it's like they have these celebrities sitting in like sort of like an interrogation table looking, you know, where they have the overhead light and they're sitting at a table with a glass of water in front of them. And then they say these absurd things that would be their secrets. Okay. So they had Donald Trump in to do one. And he takes the glass of water and just like pours it across the table. And then after like half a beat, looks up and kind of smirks and goes, what do you think of that? That's pretty good, isn't it? That Maybe is pretty that. good. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look that one up. <laughs> that does sound awesome. So, uh, all right, let's start out uh, since we got the you know foundation there for Donald Trump. Let's start with an overview of American politics. Uh, it's a two-party system here in the U.S. Democrats or Republicans, and that's trouble because uh, you know got to go one way or the other. And, and if you don't vote, well, you know you're a horrible, horrible person if you don't vote. You got to vote. Who cares if they're both corrupt? Vote, vote for the lesser evil. That seems to be the philosophy among most Americans. But the two-party system is set up to just to give you the illusion of choice. Both parties are owned by the same banks and corporations. And I'll let you in on a secret. If voting could change anything, they wouldn't let you do it. And remember, there's no power in voting. All the power is in counting the votes. And that's going to be very uh, important this time around, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but people support their team. You know, it's just like professional sports. They support their team. You're a Democrat. Democrats can do no wrong. And Republicans are just terrible, terrible people. You're a Republican. It's the exact same way. Nothing will like it's funny when I uh, like I have an uncle who is super deluxe liberal Democrat. Um, he thinks the Clintons are you know, the salt of the earth. They're the perfect people. They've never done anything wrong. Uh, they should just be worshipped. And everything that's ever been said about them is just an evil Republican conspiracy. And when I, I tried to get to the, you know, find some common ground with them many years ago. And so I would research like uh, bad things about Republicans and I'd say, Hey, look at this. He believe he'll believe every, every word of it. You know, then when I try to research something about Democrats and show them up, oh, Nope, that's wrong. That's a lie. Oh, okay. Well, but I, cause people get their team and uh, they just stick with it and support it. L like Tuffy, you know, you're uh, who's your beloved sports team, the uh, Cubs. You love the Cubs, yeah. right? Cubs, the Bears, the Blackhawks. Yeah, no one can talk evil of the Cubs. We love the Jay Cubs. Jay Cutler was the greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly the kind of lunacy 
<laughs> that marks our political system here in the United States. <laughs> Jay Cutler is the greatest quarterback. Although, in fairness, when you think about it, the Bears didn't ha- haven't really had that many great quarterbacks. So, I guess you got to go back to Sid Luckman. I wasn't just talking about the Bears. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> the greatest quarterback in NFL here. Oh, yeah, well, that is crazy. Uh, but, yeah, we, people just uh, side with their team, and that's it. Anything else, it's just craziness. It, it, it drives me nuts. It drives me up a fucking wall. Sammy uh, Sosa never picked steroids either. <laughs> yes, and he didn't turn white either when he got over. What happened there, Tuffy? Why is Sammy Sosa like a white man now? Have you seen that? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Strange. But uh, politics, it's basically just uh, like the NFL. Think of the NFL. Because you hear, well, you hear right wing, left wing, but they're both the, you know, the wings on the eagle, but who's controlling the wings? It's the brain. So who's the brain of the eagle? That's the banks and Wall Street and the corporations and the big money. And uh, I think next episode of Obedient Worker, we'll get into who really runs the world and the the power structure. Um, The easiest way to think of it is like a pyramid. And we'll get into that uh, next time around. But uh, one example or one analogy I like to make for the US political, it's just like the NFL, you know, sure. The Packers and Steelers, they're not the same. They have different views. They have different, uh, you know, ways of playing the game. Um, they both want to win. But if they meet in the Super Bowl and does it really matter who wins? Uh, the NFL wins, you know, R- R- Roger Goodell and his uh, cronies win. They're the ones making all the money. It doesn't. They don't give a fuck if the Packers or Steelers win. Um, just the fan bases care, and it's the same thing in politics. Um, so just keep that in mind next time you cast that vote. They don't give a fuck about you. So there you go. Um, it's just a big puppet show, and politics is basically the entertainment bureau of the oligarchy. It's all just distraction. Keep the peasants fighting amongst themselves, so they don't realize, oh fuck, all those rich people are the ones doing this to us. I know. Let's keep let's keep yelling at the minorities and everyone who doesn't look like me. And you know, it's it's rich versus non-rich. That's what it is. What it's always been. So uh, what to make of the Donald Trump? Well, uh, he's not a lifelong politician, so that's pretty good. That's a thing in his favor. Uh, he was not anointed by the CIA, so that's pretty good. I mean, he's the first president we've had without direct ties to the CIA since, you know, they put a bullet in Kennedy's head. Everyone else has just been handpicked. And that's why you could always tell who's going to win the election, who has the CIA ties. Even um, Jimmy Carter? But, yeah, well, Jimmy Carter wasn't, like, as a fella, he was a, a, he seemed to be a decent guy. But he was being manipulated by, like, the uh, Trilateral Commission and the, those guys. So, Definitely. and Brzezinski. And um, so I, I don't want to say, like, Carter was a bad guy. He could have been, but like he was just, you know, a puppet on a string for those people. Um, but Trump, I like I didn't see any direct CIA ties, although his family, he's not a complete outsider, though. And we'll get into this a little bit later, too. When we talk like his family's always been rich and somewhat connected. But, you know, it's not like he was the Clintons or the Bushes or the Obamas who were CIA from, you know, the get go. Uh, he's the first president, uh, like I said, since Kennedy, uh, to not have the CIA ties. He's not polished and slick. Um, he's an arrogant asshole 100% of the time. <laughs> so there's like really nothing phony about him. And I can admire that. You know, like you hear him talk. And sure, he's uh, like, like we said, an arrogant blowhard. But that's who he is. 
You know, like that's just who he is. So I can appreciate that. I'd much rather have that than a guy like Clinton, a uh, sleazy little weasel. I think Clinton is like peak sleazy politician. You know, like that's it doesn't get any better than Bill Clinton in terms of politicians. Like he's just such a sleazy little weasel or Obama in empty suit. Uh, George Bush, uh, the younger was just a ventriloquist dummy basically for Cheney and the others. So at least Trump is who he is and he's like his own man. And he's, so I can respect that. Like, I don't care if you're jackass, just, you know, be a jackass. Don't hide it <laughs> with behind a smile and that firm handshake. Um, he's, uh, really the first president in my lifetime, again, I was born in 75, who just talks. Like, he just gets up and talks. He doesn't have, like, these these polished speeches. Like, like Obama was a slick or, like, he was the best at just giving speeches. He was so smooth and yep. everything. Or, but he needed those teleprompters to help him out, and he was, like, a professional orator. Or Trump's just a goofball talking, and it's... It's, it's kind of endearing in a way. It's just this guy up there bumbling around, stumbling and just talking. Sure. Most of the things he's saying is how great he is and you know, all this other stuff, but it's also just, just... a genuine skill to be able to just fill time for that long. <laughs> yes. Take it from me. He does eight hours of fake radio a week, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I can kind of admire him for that. Just getting up there and running his mouth and, and he has a way to connect with people like, cause he, cause people can tell he's genuine. Like, it's just who he is. You may not like him, but at least he's who he is. Yeah. Um, uh, what else? All right, so let's talk uh, QAnon, because there, there's a couple of different perspectives on Trump. Of course, the uh, <laughs> the left thinks he's uh, Hitler for some reason. And uh, there, there's a group of people on the right who think he's their savior. And that's where QAnon comes in. Tuffy, what do you know about QAnon? It started on 4chan or 8chan one of those, uh, somebody posting cryptic messages, basically saying Donald Trump is the savior who's going to root out the global elite pedophiles and so on and so forth. Yes. Um, that's the, the short version that I'm aware of. Yeah, because prior to the 2016 election, uh, there's a fellow who posted on 4chan uh, called FBI Anon. And this was pretty legit. Like he, he told a lot of stuff about uh, Clinton Foundation and child trafficking around the world and everything he said checked out and he's very straight about it just telling you hey this is going on this 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 is going on and the reason he posted was because he was saying their investigations were getting shut down the government wasn't letting them investigate stuff so he wanted to get the people to start looking into it and basically everything he was saying was was true but he only posted a couple times but because of that um, that's where the, the name QAnon comes from. So this person, Q, anonymous, is uh, posting these things about Trump and basically says that, as Tuffy said, Trump is America's savior against the deep state. And he is indeed fighting all the Satanists and pedophiles who have corrupted the U.S. government. And very early QAnon posts, <clears throat> I think, I don't even know when they really started. Was it right before the, I think it wasn't until after the election. But the very yeah, I don't early, remember. The very early ones had some legit info in it. I remember, like, they had some good stuff about Saudi Arabia. And uh, so I'm like, oh, yeah, th this is making sense. I've got to keep an eye on this. But in the years since, it's kind of deteriorated. And the way QAnon posts, they, they, he, he or she, they tend to post uh, these cryptic little messages. So it, it depends on their, the users to kind of decode them 
and figure out what they mean. And that usually is a sign of bullshit when you have to do that. Um, it's kind of like, you know, Nostradamus and his predictions. Oh, well, this could mean this or this could mean that. And you just give the meaning, whatever you want it to be, to these clues. And, and again, early on, QAnon said that uh, Hillary was going to be indicted and arrested and John Podesta was arrested and he was in Gitmo and all this other shit. They've said a lot of shit that's just not true. But they have gotten some stuff right over the years. Uh, but uh, here's the thing about QAnon is I think it's all just a, a psychological operation to infiltrate the conspiracy community and to get them on your side, on their side. And when I say they, I mean, you know, CIA, the NSA, um, the FBI, uh, because there's a fellow named Cass Sunstein. Have you ever heard that name, Tuffy? Uh, yes, I have from you, Mike Dell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's an American legal scholar and the administrator of the White House Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs under Obama from 2009 to 2012. And he's he the married... author of the new Pearl Harbor stuff? No, he was not. That was okay. the, the uh, project for a new American century. I, he was not connected with that. But he was married to, uh, he is still married to Samantha Power, who you might remember is the former U.S. ambassador of the United Nations. And so he's a very connected fellow. And she was involved at the, advising the Obama administration and stuff too. So he's not just some, uh, some loon. Um, but in 2008, Sunstein co-authored a paper entitled Conspiracy Theories, in which he recommended that government, quote, government should engage in cognitive infiltration of the groups that produce conspiracy theories. And boy, howdy, have they done that in the last four or five years. Now, I, I know most people aren't, uh, you know, that deep into the conspiracy realm as I am, but, uh, you know, I'm pretty, pretty deep on all these forums and everything. And man, in the last since especially since 2016 it's been yes. ridiculous it's been absolutely yes. ridiculous like i've never i never participated in these forums like posting and discussing these but i always view them and read what's going on and and it's impossible to have any sort of a legitimate discussion about anything because man the minute something gets posted it, you just see the shields come out of the woodwork and they use the same tactics over and over and over do they slide forums or just distract the arguments, attack the posters, not the, the message. It's just bullshit going on 24-7. And then if you look at these posters and you track down there, you can always look at their post histories and stuff. It, they post so many times each day. I don't understand. And, and Tuffy, it's in eight-hour blocks, too, it seems. That's weird. Almost like they're being paid to do it. Um, so, yeah, they've definitely infiltrated the conspiracy realm to try and uh, fuck shit up. And around the same time, uh, when he wrote that paper, um, he wrote it in 2008. Shortly after that is when we did a segment on this on LCS. But that's that's really when the flat Earth stuff started taking off too. Because I think that's yeah. a that's a, a planned thing to try and make conspiracy theorists look look fucking stupid. They try to connect flat Earth to all conspiracy theorists. So the minute you say you're conspiracy theorist, oh, you believe the Earth is flat, huh? You fucking idiot. Um, so that's that kind of thing. Uh, but Sudstein, in the paper, he had uh, they had five points, five uh, tactics they could take. One, the government might ban conspiracy theorizing. Yeah, that'll work. Uh, two, the government might impose some kind of tax, financial or otherwise, on those who disseminate such theories. What's a tax that is not financial? <laughs> uh, like take your pints land. Of, yeah, pints of blood. 
They're going to come to potatoes, your Potatoes? Two sacks yeah. of potatoes? I don't get, there's no way I'm giving up potatoes. Fucking love potatoes. Uh, number three, government might itself engage in counter speech, marshalling arguments to discredit conspiracy theories. Number four, government might formally have, hire credible private parties to engage in, in counter speech. Number five, government might engage in informal communication with such parties, encouraging them to help. Uh, however, the authors advocate that each instrument has a distinctive set of potential effects or costs and benefits, and each will have a place under imaginable conditions. However, our main policy idea is that government should engage in cognitive infiltration of the groups that produce conspiracy theories, uh, which involves a mix of uh, tactics three, four, and five. So that was government might itself engage in counter speech, hire credible people to do counter speech, and ask them for help. So basically, they're saying, you know, hire people to go into these forums and fuck up the discussions and plant false stories and anything to discredit conspiracy theorists. And, and I think that's what, argue for it and take both sides. And yeah, and I think that's what you're seeing here with uh, QAnon. I, I think this is a government psyop just to, because all these people, now God bless them. Who knows? I could be wrong. I don't know. Uh, maybe QAnon is legit. Um, I know our buddy Matt Diggs loves QAnon, so I should have probably talked to him about this. Um, but like, you know, these people, they, they're good people. They're trying to, they're hoping that Trump is a savior, that he is doing a, that he will save the country. They want their country to be, you know, free of corruption and the fucking sick shit that goes on uh, with the kids. So I have no reason to make fun of people that believe in QAnon. They're, they're believing good things. And, and in fact, the other day, someone actually asked Trump about QAnon and they said, uh, you know, they, they think, uh, that you're getting rid that you're fighting uh, pedophiles and Satanists within the government. That's cr and, and Trump just looked at him and goes, wait, that's a bad thing. Like, why is that a bad thing? Why, why, <laughs> why would they want, that seems to be a good thing that you want to fight pedophiles. And so I, I, yeah, it's a good thing what they want. Uh, but one of the things that QAnon always says is trust the plan, trust the plan, you know, don't, don't worry. We're working behind the scenes to do the right thing. Just trust the plan. It's been four years of trusting the plan. You know, Hillary Clinton's still not in prison. Uh, all, all these crooked politicians are still running around. Uh, Julian Jeffrey Assange Epstein's dead. <laughs> yeah, well, in theory, <laughs> allegedly, uh -huh. allegedly dead. Um, you know, Julian Assange hasn't been pardoned. Uh, all this stuff's still going on. Yeah. So why should you keep trusting the plan? But it seems like QAnon's just a way to appease people to keep them from actually rising up. And doing something about it, you know, just 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 keep waiting. Trust the plan. Trust flatten that curve. We just got to flatten it a little bit longer. Don't worry, it, it'll get here. Um, so I don't know QAnon, but I will say this: the media's been talking about QAnon much more lately. Like, yeah, just really within the last month, I think it's really picked up. Um, and you look in news stories; they're they're already uh, when they describe uh, right wing people, they say, "Oh, QAnon believer." or person who believes in QAnon met with Trump or met with Mike Pence or they're prime in the yeah, there's there's one what congressional candidate in Georgia or something yes. who's like a avowed supporter of the QAnon yes. theory yeah I think it's a lady and I think she just won her election right or whatever so she won the uh, primary that is in the gerrymandered district where she's basically assured to win the general election yeah so whenever the media starts talking about shit pay attention because they're they're doing something they're, they're planting the seeds. So within the next two months, don't be shocked if something happens 
and it's blamed on a QAnon supporter. Um, just wasn't the Kenosha kid linked to that already? Yeah, they they, they yeah, I think so. Um, but I, I'm expecting something much larger in scale. But we'll we'll see. Um, that's the way this stuff usually works. All right. So uh, aside from the QAnon, is Trump really the savior? Uh, so here, here's some evidence that Trump could be a good guy. I'm going to say no. <laughs> but but here's some evidence. evaluate after you're done. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to give some evidence first why Trump could be a good guy. And then we'll I have a top 11 list of reasons why he probably isn't. But uh, here, here's some things to keep in mind that he could be a good guy. Uh, first, the, the media coverage of him is just absurd. It's just fucking crazy. And he called he was the first person to call out fake news because originally when that term fake news started, that was started by the Democrats to combat Pizzagate because Pizzagate was was coming up and they took out the term fake news to try and discredit Pizzagate. And then Trump co-opted it. He took it and spun it to make fun of CNN and, and you know, NBC, MSNBC and all those people. So then fake news was always attached to the mainstream media. And, it, and frankly, that was glorious because the mainstream media is is fake news. So for a president to say that about the news media, it's pretty awesome. You know, I was like, all right, well, that's pretty cool uh, because the CIA controls the media, Tuffy. And this goes way back. Uh, this dates way back to the 50s uh, after, after World War Two and the Cold War. Uh, there was a Operation Mockingbird. The, the specific uh, project here with Operation Mockingbird, it involved just wiretapping two phone lines of reporters. But the term Operation Mockingbird then came on to mean much more than that uh, about the CIA infiltrating various news outlets, uh, newspapers, newswires to plant stories that pushed an agenda to discredit truth and basically just doing all kinds of monkey shines and shenanigans. And in 1975, the Church Committee, which was uh, formerly known as the United States Senate Select Committee to study governmental operations with respect to intelligence activities, was a U.S. Senate Select Committee that investigated the abuses by the CIA, FBI, NSA, and IRS. It was chaired by Idaho Senator Frank Church, a Democrat from Idaho, and the committee found that CIA had extensive international networks of journalists working for them in other countries and approximately 50 working for them in the U.S., which was illegal. The CIA is not allowed, well, at the time, it was not allowed to operate on U.S. soil against U.S. citizens. They could not use propaganda against U.S. citizens. Um, and again, this is 1975, all right? So I think in 45 years, things have progressed. Uh, but they also uncovered Operation Shamrock, uh, which I'm sure most people haven't heard of, but it, it featured uh, Western Union and other U.S. telecommunication companies giving the NSA telegrams and customer information for the purposes of creating watch lists. And again, this was going on in 1975 and before. So now, Tuffy, I'm going to play an audio clip here. This is my favorite of the uh, church committee. And it's just they're asking the uh, CIA director, uh, what about the CIA being involved in, you know, the media? Do they try and control the media? And so let's listen to what he has to say. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA, who are contributing to a major circulation American journal. We do have people who submit pieces 
two other two American journals. Do you have any people paid by the CIA who are working for television networks? This, I think, gets into the kind of uh, getting into the details, Mr. Chairman, that I'd like to get into in executive session. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to the national news services, AP and UPI? Well, again, I think we're getting into the kind of detail, Mr. Chairman, that I'd prefer to handle in executive session. All right. So there you go. Again, that's 1975. All right. And in response to the committee's findings, CIA director who took over uh, was a fellow named George Bush. He took over the CIA and he told everybody, he says, you know what? We're going to make big changes. This all stops immediately. We will not be influencing the U.S. media any further. All right, George. <laughs> yes. The people that were doing it and lying about it for all those years are now going to stop. Honest. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, in 1977, Carl Bernstein wrote an article for Rolling Stone entitled The CIA and the Media, which documented how then-CIA director Alan Dulles uh, controlled 25 news agencies and wire services to push CIA-approved stories and government propaganda during the uh, you know 50s and 60s. All this shit is still going on today. <clears throat> all right, pretty much every mainstream news anchor or political pundit who is in a position of power is a puppet for the CIA. Just follow the money on these fuckers. Uh, you know, Dan Rather was, uh, Anderson Cooper is, uh, Wolf Blitzer, follow the money on Wolf Blitzer. He goes back to the Mossad as well. They're all intelligence agents and operatives. They're all just there to push the story and uh, propaganda. I, I think it's funny because if you if you talk to somebody and you say, hey, I heard this on Chinese, the Chinese news is reporting this. The first thing an American would say, well, well that's bullshit. That's propaganda. You can't believe the news in China. They're not going to tell their people the truth. You, you tell them, oh, I heard this on Russian news. Oh, well, that's propaganda. They're not going to. Believe. But if you say, oh, here, I heard this on CBS. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's legit. They're not lying to us. Why would our government lie to us or try and influence us? It's just all those other governments in the world that do it. it it's kind of absurd. Um, so here's another thing that people don't realize. Uh, but Obama legalized propaganda. All right. In, in 1948, the Smith-Munt Act made it illegal for the U.S. government to use propaganda against its own citizens. That changed in 2013 when the Obama administration used the National Defense Authorization Act to add, add an amendment to the smith Month that legalized using propaganda within the United States. It's pretty shocking. <laughs> that, now, that sounds something like a fascist dictator would do. But uh, that's not Trump doing that. That was your buddy Obama doing that. And here's a clip... Uh, Naomi Wolf. I don't know, Tuffy, uh, you don't know who Naomi Wolf is, but she's an author, journalist. She's super progressive liberal. Uh, she was a political advisor for uh, Clinton and Gore. And she gave a speech in 2016 where she talked about this. And uh, so let's just hear what Naomi Wolf has to say about the Smith-Munn Act and the, uh, the amendment. So here we go. Take it away, Naomi Wolf. So what this means is, and I... You know, as a journalist, to say these words, just I can't tell you with what a heavy heart I say them, but we've entered an era in which it is not crazy to assess news events to see if they're real or not real. And in the United States, as well as overseas. And in fact, it's kind of crazy not to. 
Now, what, you know, there's so much uh, hype about what I just said, and, and so I want to be very clear about it so it can't be taken out of context. <clears throat> you know, there's, <clears throat> pardon me, this kind of reflexive vilification of anyone speculating about that because they become a conspiracy theorist, right? Well, just bear with me. You know, I've often thought about this because our intelligence agencies, and for I respect spies. I mean, you know, who are doing, like before it got out of control, I believe we need intelligence. I believe we need intelligence agencies. I don't think there's anything dishonorable about being in the intelligence services if you obey the Constitution and the law. Um, but all over the world, our intelligence services are engaged in conspiring to create outcomes. That's their job. That's how they're successful. So <clears throat> now that it's illegal to propagandize in the United States, uh, it doesn't surprise me that there's more and more um, products coming up in popular culture, more and more events in the news stream that seem to be, to my eye, to be subsidized. So there it is. Uh, the media that you see every day, it can be propagandized. It can be uh, subsidized by government agencies. It's not truthful. Everything you read, just assume that it's fake. Trust but verify. If you read something, again, always question, why, am I, why is the news telling me this? What's their goal here? Is it to inform me? Is it to frighten me? <laughs> you know, uh, Why are they doing this? Because it's all just a big puppet show. And I don't know how anyone can step back and look at how the media has portrayed Donald Trump these past four years and say that they've treated him fairly and with an even hand. It's fucking nuts, the shit they do to Donald Trump. It's crazy. And really, nothing has changed with what the president or the president does. All this changes how the media covers the president. It's nonstop, 24-7 negative coverage of Donald Trump. And if you say anything even remotely positive of Trump, you get attacked vilified it's crazy uh I, I don't this country is so divided right now uh toughy how do you feel about the news uh, right now and their treatment of trump um i don't know what counts as good news channels to watch <laughs> yeah basically it's i don't i try to avoid all mainstream news as ever possible um but when i do turn it on just to see what they're talking about it is shocking the stuff they're telling the American people, like how blatant the lies are. Um, it is nuts. And people just eat this up with a spoon. And they just think, oh, yeah, this is all true. It's all craziness. So let's look at a couple examples of how uh, Trump and the media. I think the first uh, big thing that the media did against Trump was probably the grab him by the pussy clip. The infamous grab him by the pussy clip of uh, Donald Trump. And he was with uh, Billy Bush of Access Hollywood. And the, I guess they were going to a uh, soap opera set. And Trump was going to be a guest on the soap opera. I can't even remember. Maybe Days of Our Lives, something like that. And so they were doing a bit for Access Hollywood for it. About him going to the set and all that other nonsense. And before they, they started filming, there was a live mic. Trump was wearing a mic. And they were on the, the bus waiting to pulling into the, the lot and Trump and Billy Bush were just shooting the shit and they were just talking like fellas talk and here's the whole entire clip of Trump and the grab him by the pussy it's about I don't know a minute or so there here we go 
you know. And she used to be great. She's still very beautiful. I moved on her, actually. You know, she was down on Palm Beach. I moved on her, and I failed. I'll admit it. Whoa. I did try and fuck her. She was married. <laughs> huge news there. No, no, Nancy. Yeah. No, this was marriages. And I moved on her very heavily. In fact, I took her out furniture shopping. She wanted to get some furniture. I said, I'll show you where they have some nice furniture. <laughs> I took her out furniture. I moved on her like a bitch. But I couldn't get there. And she was married. And all of a sudden, I see her. She's now got the big phony tits and everything. She's totally changed her look. She's your girl's hot as shit. In the purple. Oh. Whoa! Yes! Whoa! <laughs> yes, the Donald is good! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> oh, my man! Wait, wait, you gotta look at me when Just you get out of here. Just remember this up. That is very funny. Will you give me the thumbs up? You are a piece. You gotta put the thumbs up. <laughs> you gotta okay. get the thumbs up. Okay. Can't be too happy. Can you get the thumbs up first? Yeah, let me. It's very funny. You gotta give me the thumbs up. Right, you and I will walk down. Oh, my God. Can I have a close in there? Yeah. 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 Maybe it's a different one. Better not be the publicist. No, it's, it's her. It's yeah, that's her. With the gold. I'm going to use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the pussy. I can do anything. Look at those legs. All I can see is the legs. No, it looks good. Come on, shorty. Oh, nice legs, huh? Oof, get out of the way, huh? That's good legs. Go ahead. It's always good if you don't fall out of the bus. Like Ford, Gerald Ford, remember? There's a little <laughs> down below. Pull the hell. Hello, how are you? Hi. Mr. Trump, how nice are you? Nice seeing you. Terrific. Nice to meet you. Terrific. You know Billy Bush? Hello, how are you? nice to see you. How are you doing, Ariane? I'm doing very well, thank you. Are you ready to be a soap star? We're ready. Let's go. Make right. me a soap star. How about a little hug for the Donald? You just got off the bus. Like a little okay, hug, absolutely. <laughs> Melania said hug this for the was okay. I just got off the bus. Oh. <laughs> bushy, bushy. There we go. There we go. Excellent. Well, Come you've on. got a nice co star here. Good. Yes. Absolutely. After you. Come on, Billy. Don't be shy. <laughs> as soon as a beautiful woman shows up, he just he takes Get over off here, Billy. Happens. I'm sorry. Come here. Uh, let the little guy in here. Come yeah, on. let the little guy in. How you feel now, brother? I should actually. It's hard to walk there. next to a guy like this. Yeah, you get in the middle. There we go. Good. That's better. This is much better. This right. is. That's better. <sighs> now, if you had to choose, honestly, between one of us, me or the Donald. No, no, no. That's, that's tough competition. Right yeah. Seriously, I mean, you had to. You had to take one of us as a date. I'm have to take a fifth on that one. <laughs> really? Yep. I'll take both. <laughs> Which way? Make it right. Here we go. Goodbye. Right in the days. Here he goes. I'm going to leave you here. Okay. Get my microphone. Okay. You gonna? Oh, you're you're finished. You're my man. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm gonna go do our show. Oh, you want to reset? Okay. So there it is. Trump grabbing by the pussy. Now, now, Tuffy, do you remember when this all came out? Yes, I do. It it was crazy. It was. Was this like? Was this after he was the nominee? I believe so. I believe so. Because I, 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 I think it was. So, and he had to deal with all this. And of course, it's a crass thing to say, you know, <laughs> but listen to what he said. He said, when you're rich, they let you do it. You can do whatever. You can grab them by the pussy. He was using it as an extreme example of the things you can get away with when you're rich and famous. And yeah. by the way, he's, he said they'd let you do it. He didn't say I do it. I grab them by the pussy. You should just walk up and grab them by the pussy. The women should be grabbed by the pussy. He was using as an extreme example of the things you can get away with. And I, again, this is a private conversation. He didn't know they were being taped. 
and this was from 2005, by the way. And he and Billy Bush, just, if you listen to the entire clip, you can tell they're just shooting the shit, joking and laugh. Billy Bush is laughing the entire time because they're just, you know, having fun, goofing around. And I hate to tell you, this is how fellas talk. I mean, it's, it's shocking, I know. But, uh, I mean, who hates Trump more than Cousin Brandon, Tuffy? But I could easily cut at least a two-hour mix of Cousin Brandon on our show saying things much worse than this. You know, did, I could cut a loop of him what he wanted to do to Rachel Ray. Remember that? Holy fuck. Cousin Brandon would be canceled within three minutes. Canceled Cousin Brandon. I, I just thought this was a bunch of, like, pearl-clutching nonsense. Um, and, and really, the, the skeeviest guy on this tape is Billy Bush. Like, if you listen to what he's saying the whole time, he's the guy instigating all this. And when they get off the bus, I know this is an audio clip, uh, so you can't tell. But if you go find the actual, there is video of this. They get off the bus and Trump is nothing but respectful to the young lady meeting them. She's an actress on one of these soap operas. I I can't remember her name, Uh, but he's very respectful. And Billy Bush is the one like instigating, trying to get her to like hug them. And the whole time they're walking backstage, Bush is trying to say, which one of us would you like to go out on a date with? I mean, you're the Donald. And she's trying to politely like sidestep the question. But he just keeps pushing her, pushing her. Um, he's the, he's the weasel. He's the worst one of the two here. Like, he's, uh, awful as Billy Bush. Now, do you know who Billy Bush is, Tuffy? Uh, he is in the Bush family of that George is exactly W. Right. Bush and George H. W. Bush and he's, Arianne he's the, Zucker is the woman. Oh, okay. He's the cousin of, uh, George W. and the nephew of George Herbert Walker. Yeah. So that's who Billy Bush is. He's not just some stooge. He's connected as connected can be. And so ask yourself this. Now, he's clearly responsible for this tape, this tape leaking. Why would the Bush family want to undermine a Republican candidate for the presidency? That seems odd, right? Because they and their CIA friends didn't control him? That's exactly right. And that's, that's another point in his favor. You know, if, if the Bushes hate you and trying to undermine your... And again, Trump uh, savage Jeb Bush, you know, in the in the, in the <laughs> Republican primaries. Just please just clap. So, like, this is another reason why. Like, can Trump be all that bad if the Bushes hate him? If John McCain hates hates Trump, can Trump be all that bad? Like, these are the Republican bullshit CIA globalist puppets, and they hate Trump. Well, can he be all that bad? So I don't know. That that seems another thing in his favor. All right, now the big one. Uh, let, let's talk Charlottesville. Just a quick little, uh, I'll interject a little bit about the excess Hollywood tape, is that he did say, when I'm around beautiful women, I just yeah. start kissing them. So that is a little yeah, bit goes, of like a... Uh... But again, he's saying it like in a jokey way. He's not like saying it dead serious, you know? He's like, yeah. Eh. And he just even says for context, he, has, he does have several allegations of sexual misconduct from several women also yes. on top of this. Listen... If you're a billionaire from birth and you grew up rich and affluent and you're, yeah, you're used to getting yeah. any woman you want. You know what I mean? Uh, you, and you don't have to be a gentleman to do it. You can just do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, this is, again, rich people are different than us. <laughs> they can do whatever the fuck they want. This is just the way it is when you're a celebrity and you're rich. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's not right, but it's the way it is. Um, so there you go. And, and keep in mind, the people so outraged about this grab the pussy comment. They're the same people who applauded when uh, Bill Clinton just spoke at the recent DNC con- convention. They, they yeah. put him up as a speaker. At the, what? 
and were appalled when Donald Trump invited like the women who accused Bill Clinton to one of the debates. Yes. That's what drives me the most nuts about the political uh, nonsense in this country is the, the the left is so hypocritical about all this Me Too stuff. Like it's it's I don't know. I just can't take it. Can't take it. Um, anyway. So let's go to Charlottesville, because even today, if you ask people, well, the first thing people say is, oh, Trump's racist. And if, and if you're a supporter of Trump, then you must be racist. And if you ask, well, why is he racist? The first thing they say is Charlottesville, because he said white nationalists and neo-Nazis are good people. And, and this happened to me the other just last week. I was talking to someone we both know and love, Tuffy, <coughs> Larry. <coughs> and I said, uh, why do you think Trump's racist? And right away, Charlottesville. Charlottesville. So, all right. So let's listen to what he actually said during the Charlottesville press conference. And then we'll discuss how the media <laughs> portrayed it. Let's, all right. So here's the full clip of what he said. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now we're going to take down his statue. So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history, you're changing culture, and you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. Now, in the other group also, you had some fine people, but you also had troublemakers, and you see them come with the, with the black outfits, and with the helmets and with the baseball bats, you got a, you had a lot of bad you had a lot of bad people in the other group too. Well, unfairly, sir. I'm sorry. I just didn't understand what you were saying. You were saying the press has treated white nationalists unfairly. No. I just didn't understand what you were saying. No. All right. So there it is. Uh, he's talking about the both sides are both sides were people who wanted to, um, about keeping the the statues up. He said there are good people on both sides of the argument, and the argument is whether you know, it's historical and whether you should be taking down historical dogs. And then he said, but I condemn the white nationalists and neo-Nazis. They're terrible people. They are not what I'm talking about. So he made it as clear as possible that he condemns white nationalists and terrible. And then at the end, you hear reporters say, so let me get this straight. I'm a little confused. Are you saying that the, the white nationalists have been treated unfairly? That's the idiocy we're dealing with, with the media. They hear that clip. They hear what he says. And then they say, but wait, let me get this straight. So you're, what you're saying is the white nationalists have been treated unfairly. And that's how they reported it, that Trump said white nationalists are good people. And it's, it's insanity. I don't understand. Tuffy, help me out. We're in the idiocracy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is, like, is there any... Uh, at some point, oh, we'll talk about this more in a bit, but... It, it, it has to be a deliberate, right? Like they're, they're they're all just doing it on purpose. Like they well, can't part of it is the sort of uh, modern state of media where everything is trimmed down to sound bites instead of speeches. Yeah. So you can clip five, ten seconds and then play it 
wherever you want and add your own context to it. And and but, listen, Trump Trump may very well be racist. <laughs> I he don't know. Definitely is, but <laughs> I mean, we again when you're that rich and you're raised the way he was, yeah, he probably a, is. Yeah, he's a rich white guy from New York who grew up in what the '60s. Yeah, like he's he's definitely racist. Yeah, you know who's super deluxe racist is Hillary Clinton, a, a lady uh, in her '70s from Arkansas. Super deluxe racist, but no one cares. No one cares. Uh, but Trump. Uh, so he very well could be racist, but this audio clip in Charlottesville is not it. That ain't it. That's just media bullshit. Um, so yeah, I don't know. All right. And another one where they said he was super racist was, uh, they said he called all Mexicans rapists, called all Mexicans rapists. All right. So let's listen to this clip and what he actually says. And, and then we'll talk about it. The U S has become a dumping ground for everybody else's problems. <laughs> Thank you. It's true. And these are the best and the finest. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems. And they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. But I speak to border guards, and they tell us what we're getting. And it only makes common sense. It only makes common sense. They're sending us not the right people. It's coming from more than Mexico. It's coming from all over South and Latin America, and it's coming probably probably from the Middle East, but we don't know because we have protection and we have no competence. We don't know what's happening and it's got to stop and it's got to stop fast. So there it is in that clip, uh, Trump, he's talking, he's clearly talking about the criminals coming across the border and the criminals are, uh, you know, drug, drug mules and rapists. He's talking about bad people coming across the border from Mexico. And then he even says, there's some good people there. I'm sure there's some good people coming across. But he's specifically talking about the criminals that are rapists and that he talks to border guards and he, they're telling him this is what they. So how does the media report it? They cut the clip. So where he just says they are rapists. And then they say he's referring. Well, he's referring to all Mexicans. And that story was even Tim Kaine. Vice presidential candidate Tim Kaine at the time said that Trump called everybody rapists, uh, like during one of the uh, debates. It's fucking nuts. It's just nonstop lies and propaganda and bullshit from the media. Uh, it's I, I can't get this point across strongly enough. Fuck the media. Don't trust any of them. They're all weasels. Um, I don't know. Tuffy, any thoughts on the Mexicans being rapists? Uh, I will say about this one and the Charlottesville one, like there is, it, it's hard to know because I don't really attribute much intelligence to Trump, but there is a counter argument that even though he's making not direct statements, he's making these sort of indirect circuitous statements that are kind of a dog whistle approach more than like, a direct <laughs> but it, that's, approach. But, but again, that's there. They can use that argument against anything he says. They could say that yeah. against anything. Uh, that's oh, also a dog whistle. People were saying Lacey Evans his... in WWE was a dog whistle. 
that she's a racist character. She's a dog whistle. What the fuck? Because you know? she's southern? S- southern and white. Southern and white. Yeah. Oh, she's a racist character. It's a dog whistle. Just let it go. Not everything is fucking racist. Just relax. Enjoy I think these also bit. are issues of Trump's manner of speaking and yes. just like stream of consciousness. Yes. Absolutely. Style of talking. Absolutely. He, he's not a good orator. He, just, he does he not just... give a speech that coalesces down to one point he's trying to make. He throws yes. points every which way. And then you can just pick one of them and say, this Correct. must have been what he was talking about. Yes. And another good example of that, I don't have the audio clip, but uh, the inject you with uh, disinfectants and stuff about the COVID. And people were saying, he said to inject Lysol. And no, he never said that. Uh, but during the speech, he was just kind of spitballing ideas of what they might be able to research. And he said, Maybe yeah, a lot we'll of bad ideas. Yeah. But it wasn't like he was saying, <laughs> but it, he wasn't telling people to in- use disinfectants to inject this. Yeah. It's and so like the... fucking stupid. There is an argument to be made that the president shouldn't be spitballing treatment methods. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But he wasn't saying these are treatments. He's like, these are just things we could try. Maybe we could look into this, look into that. Yeah. And by the way, so there were th- such thing as disinfectants for the blood. There, there are some treatments classified as that. Even vitamin intravenous vitamin C is classified as a disinfectant. Uh, and there was a company working on a device that they stick down your throat and it shows, shines a UV light to try and cure uh, lung infections. So what he said wasn't completely off base, but he didn't know that. I mean, he was just that is that is another explanation that, you know, could be in his defense, sort of, is that his vocabulary is not that vast where he says things that come out one way when he might mean something different than the literal words he's using. But I think it's pretty clear if you just listen to what he says, the whole thing in context, what's going on. Yet the media make sure you don't get a chance to do that. You only get a little bit of it. To make him sound like the biggest idiot possible. So, all right. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, and by the way, getting back to the, uh, you, you don't have to agree with Trump's position on illegal immigrants. That's fine. You know, it's clearly he could be wrong on his beliefs. Um, but let's not fool ourselves and think Democrats want illegal immigrants because they're all dreamers and they want them to have better lives. All right. Let's let's be real here. They they just don't want to pay their gardeners and their housekeepers living wages and their construction employees living wages. They don't give a fuck about most of the agricultural workers in the southwest of the United States. Yeah, they don't give a fuck about dreamers. Don't you worry about it. They they just don't want to pay employees actual money. Um, All right. So one other clip uh, about how the media works. This is our good buddy, Nancy Pelosi. Oh, fucking Nancy Pelosi. The dried up husk of an alcoholic cunt, Nancy Pelosi. And by the way, Tuffy, you are my attorney. Can can I call her a dried up husk of an alcoholic cunt? Is that all right? Or uh, sure, but as your attorney, I'm just going to make clear that I am not endorsing anything Mike Dell says. All right, well let's let's well, let me try and fix that. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, the dried up husk of an alcoholic cunt, allegedly. Yeah, is that is that well, as a public figure, you can pretty much say whatever you want about her. All right. Well, this is the other thing that drives me nuts. People vilify Trump like he's Hitler, yet they support people like Pelosi, Adam Schiff. These are the guys. They're like, oh yeah, these people are awesome. They're so great. What One other fuck? just brief observation about all of these people is they're all old as shit. Yes. <laughs> None of these people should be running a country. None of these people can operate a computer or a cell phone, let alone run a country. They're also fucking old. Um, but anyway, this is from 2017, and this is an audio clip of Nancy Pelosi talking about uh, what she calls a wrap-up smear. Now, the context of this quote, uh, I don't have the full speech, but she's saying that Republicans do this to her. 
And this is a tactic Republicans do to her and other Democrats, because God forbid the Democrats ever do anything like this. But it sure seems like Nancy's very familiar with the terminology and the, and the, the, uh, the ideas behind this. But this is called a wrap-up smear. So uh, let's hear Nancy talk about this. Self-fulfilling problem. You demonize, and then you, it, we call it the wrap-up smear. If you want to talk politics, you call it the wrap-up smear. You smear somebody with falsehoods and all the rest, and then you merchandise it. And then you write it, and they'll say, see, it's reported in the press that this, 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 and this. So they have that validation that the press reported the smear, and then it's called the wrap-up smear. Now I'm going to merchandise the press's report on the smear that we made. And it's, it's a tactic, and it's, it's, it's self-evident. All right. So uh, there it is, Tuffy. Nancy Pelosi, the wrap-up smear. They basically just smear somebody. Then they get the media, their buddies in the media, to write articles about it. Then they reference those articles as a proof of the smear. And again, she's saying this is what Republicans do to her. But I want to go out on a limb and say Democrats do it to Republicans, too. Uh, just a hunch. That yeah, it's I feel all... like you wouldn't have a name for it if you didn't yes. already do it. <laughs> and and look at the terms she uses to describe it. These are like, clearly this is someone uh, that told her all about it. Like, all right, this is what we do. Mar- then we mar- we merchandise the smear. And like, you don't call it, you don't use the term merchandise unless like that's a technical term that someone taught you over the years. So, but again, this, all this, the whole point of all this is just the media is full of shit. All right. And the politicians use the media to push propaganda and nonsense. So fuck the media. All right. So uh, I'm trying to look through the notes here. What Anything else I had to say about this? Um, I think I just really nothing changed about the president. All it changed is how the media covers the president. That's the big point here. Uh, the media is pushing an agenda and it's bullshit. And uh, all right. So the Democratic Party, the Democratic Party. Uh, this is another point. So that was point A in uh, Trump's favor of why he could be a good guy, just the way the media treats him. Uh, the second point of why he could be a good guy is just that the Democratic Party really is a rat's nest of uh, communists and uh, <laughs> pedophiles and, and Luciferian bullshit. Now, again, that extends onto the right as well. Uh, the Republicans also have their core group of those people, but it's more prominent in the Democrats these days simply because Obama was in office for eight years. And like if you go back in the 80s, all the Satanists and child fuckers, most of them were on the Republican side because the Bushes and Reagans and the Bushes were in control. Uh, so it's really just who has the most power. And then it comes. I'm sure you'll see it swing back to the Republican way here if it goes another four years. Uh, but, yeah, the, the left is just riddled with these horrible, horrible people. And, and they're like Pelosi and, and they're all, you know, viciously uh, they all attack Trump at no uh, nonstop. They hate Trump. They vilified. So if these horrible people are vilifying Trump, maybe that means Trump's a good guy. I don't know. I mean, Obama did wire illegally wiretap his campaign. That did happen. Uh, the FISA warrants and all that stuff. That did happen. The Democrats were behind the whole Russian uh, Russiagate bullshit. That was a conspiracy theory they loved and they pushed that. Uh, that did happen. So they were doing all this bullshit stuff to try and get to Trump. So was this all just a big scheme? Was it all just fake? Or were they, is Trump really somehow a threat to them? I don't know. Um, we'll get to that later. But uh, I, the Democrats are pretty off. Like in my younger days, Tuffy, I always thought, like on a scale of one to 100, I always thought Republicans were a one and like Democrats were a two, you know? 
Uh, they're both terrible, but Democrats were slightly better, slightly better, uh, yeah. because they seem they seem to be more more progressive and more you know inclusive and not as uh, racist. <laughs> but now, I don't know, man. In the since these last five six years, it, they're dead even now. They're both dirt. You know, there's just nothing. There's nothing separating. Democrats are just crazy with their hypocrisy, and. Uh, the most really the most racist people are the super rich wealthy democrats like it's awful so i don't know there's no no one's winning this race anymore it's just neck and neck terrible people um, i don't know are you a registered voter tuffy yes should do you feel comfortable revealing how you are registered uh, in Illinois, you don't have to be registered. We're an Ooh. open primary kind of state. I might be registered for one. I honestly don't know. Yeah. I. Uh, you can vote in either primary. You just pull one versus the other at the primaries. I think. I think that's maybe, the only time it matters. I'm trying to think initially when I first got my license, you know, they ask you to register. I, I think I. Uh, I may have said Democrat originally, but I'm, a, I'm independent. Um, so. Um, yeah, just based on family history, if I did register at some point, it probably would have been as a Republican. But yeah. honestly, I don't know and could care less now. Yeah, it does. Again, uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're basically putting money into a broken pop machine and expecting it to get a can of pop. It's not going to happen. Nothing's going to change. Just save your quarter, or I guess dollar fifty, whatever it is these days. How much is a can of pop, Tuffy? Uh. Is this like a test to see if I'm a rich person or not? <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Like, when I was a kid, nothing was better than going down to the corner. Like, uh, there's a gas station behind my house. Like, you walk through those, some woods, and you get to this gas station, and, and you could buy a, a can of uh, – I used to get chocolate soldier. It was like a chocolate – like a Yahoo. Or a Yoohoo. A <laughs> Yahoo. A Yoohoo. Like a chocolate. Yeah. Kind of thing. Uh, for a quarter, you know? Oh, it was the best. I mean, I and, can tell you a can of uh, Monster Energy drink is two fifty or usually two for $4. But like, what about in actual machines where you put the quarters in? I haven't used a vending machine in I don't yeah, know how I, long. I know. I, I would yeah. guess two dollars because a lot of those are like the twenty ounce bottles, not cans anymore. Huh. Yeah, I'm out of touch. I'm like one of these politicians living the good life in D.C. They don't know what the common people do. I'm, I'm so out of touch. Um, yeah, but that's just because I don't leave my house. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you also don't drink pop, so. Yeah, yeah, I don't eat sugar or any snack foods from. You know, There's how much a uh, bag, box of brown rice pasta costs. <laughs> yeah, I, I can tell you that. I order mine uh, online because uh, I always got to support Jeff Bezos because he's such a good guy. I really need to support him. But I, yep. I, I can get a box for like uh, less than two bucks. So, and that and that box feeds me two meals. So look at that. I'm frugal. Yeah, very frugal. So, uh, all right. But again, getting back to the Democrats and Republicans being, uh, they're both being shitty. Uh, yeah, this isn't, this is really a uh, globalist, non-globalist thing, really. So, like, there's corruption on both sides of the aisle. It's not like Republicans are really, uh, like McCain, and uh, he was a globalist puppet, and um, Lindsey Graham, and, and there's a bunch of Republicans who are just, they try and control both sides. So, again, it doesn't matter who you vote for. You're still voting for corruption. Um, it's really, uh, the other example I like to use is, uh, Hydra and Captain America, Winter Soldier, the story of Hydra and how they came over with Operation Paperclip and they just infiltrated both sides of the government. And, uh, yeah, that's basically what we're living in. 
<laughs> that's basically where we are. Hydras on both sides. We just need a Captain America. Maybe Trump's Captain America, Tuffy. What do you think? Maybe that's what the disinfectant does. <laughs> uh, also, point three in Trump's favor. I really, I kind of honestly think he loves America. Like, he's very proud of this country and he loves this country, which is something you can't say about o- Obama, Bush, Clinton, and their ilk. I think he really does want to put America first over uh, the other, um, the rest of the world. And so you may not think that's a good idea, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm sure other people probably will think that's a good idea to put America first. Um, and, and of course, because he's a nationalist and because he's white, people try to use this to say he's a white nationalist, which is fucking insanity. <laughs> it drives people off. Um, so he has done some things to put America ahead of the globalist agenda. Like he withdrew from the Paris Climate Accords. And now you may think that's a bad thing. Like, oh, you're good. But really, when you look at it, it was not a good thing for America. Um, he got NATO allies to pay more money for defense. He negotiated better trade deals with China, Canada, and Mexico. So he's done some good things for America. Uh, point four, he, he spoke out about, about hydroxychloroquine when everyone's trying to say it's a poison. He spoke truth about it, that it will help you get rid of COVID-19. And he's been vilified nonstop for it. And the media has attacked him for it. But he spoke truth. So that's another point in his favor. And finally, Tuffy, he's a WWE Hall of Famer. Yeah. That's right. Donald he Trump, shaved Tuffy. Vince McMahon's head. That's right. Bobby Lashley was his, uh, his guy, right? Him and Bobby Lashley. Yeah, could Trump be racist that Bobby Lashley was wrestling for him? Come on. I was not watching wrestling when this was going on. So I was not either. I missed this whole era as well. Um, But uh, yeah, he's a WWE Hall of Famer. And you know, if you know anything about the WWE Hall of Fame, it's filled with nothing but impeccable citizens. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing but the best. No racists. No. (laughs) No misogynistic people. Definitely no no one who's ever sexually assaulted a woman. (laughs) Yes, these are all impeccable gentlemen and scholars. So clearly, there's nothing. Hey, what if they put Donald Trump on WWE champion stuffy? Oh my goodness, <laughs> that would be amazing. What would his What would his moves be? His finisher? <laughs> I don't even know. Something with his hair. Got to be something. With well, his I hair. think it will be a grabbing move. <laughs> oh yeah, he grabs him by the pussy. That's right. He'll uh-huh. grab you by the balls. Yeah. He'll be the only mixed gender wrestler in the game. <laughs> That'll be pretty good. All right. So uh, there you go. There's some points of why he could be a good guy. You know, the media hates him. The the worst people in the Democrat Party hate him. Um, you know, he does some good things for America. WWE Hall of Famer. <laughs> Occasionally speaks truth. That's not supported by the media. So, you know, those are good things. But now we have top 11 reasons Trump is just another puppet. So this will be good. Maybe I'll play the audio for the top 11. Okay. Because that seems like a lot of work. I'd have to track it down, cut out the clip. Uh, so I'm probably not going to do yep. it. Let's just get right into the top 11. Uh, number 11. He is a former Democrat and a Clinton pal. You know, back in the day, him and the Clintons were tight. They were good buddies. So, and he was a registered Democrat from 2001 to 2009. He changed his party affiliation five times between 87 and 2012. And that's when he finally rejoined the Republican Party. Um, so I don't know. I, I guess there's something uh, admirable about changing your your party pol- your party affiliation because I mean, if 
if you feel like the party's no longer representing what you believe in, you move. Because a lot of people ride or die, you know, I'm Democrat for life, you know, so I don't know. I can kind of appreciate that. But it still makes uh, a little weird that he was a Democrat before and now he's a Republican and uh, the people he was good buddies with are now supposedly his enemies. Um, it's a little weird. Yeah, I would say a more cynical view would be that his politics were probably mostly local in the New York real estate. Yes, that range is exactly. of things and switching parties exactly. would have just been beneficial for his business. That is exactly that point. That's why he was doing it, to make the most money possible. Because, uh, again, he is a billionaire businessman. All he cares about is making money. He doesn't really care about much else. Uh, but getting back to, remember I mentioned my uncle, who was a super liberal Democrat. Uh, before the 2016 election, we were chatting, and he told me that Trump was going to be the Republican nominee because he was basically an undercover Democratic spy. And he was going, the fact that he was running was going to destroy the Republican Party and give Hillary an easy win. Yeah, and so much for that. Happened. Yeah, look what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oops. <laughs> I don't know. Um, there, is a, there is a belief that maybe that could have happened. Like, he was just there to tank the Republicans and give Hillary the easy win, and then people really resonated with them and but then to believe that, you have to believe they count the votes, and I'm not even sure if that's true. All right. Are you saying Kanye West is going to win the 2020 election? <laughs> that would be spectacular. I would vote for Kanye. <laughs> uh, that would be great. Kanye West. Who, who would it be as vice president, as he said? I don't know. I would hope Dave Chappelle, just because of the story <laughs> of Dave Chappelle tells when he was hanging out with Kanye West. Yeah, I never and heard that. Someone, uh, I believe he was hanging out with Dave Chappelle. Someone called Kanye and said, Hey, what are you doing? He's like, I'm hanging out with Dave Chappelle. So Dave Chappelle's telling the story, hearing only Kanye's side of the phone call. And I forget the exact quote, but it's like, you know, the implication is the other person says, Wow, what are you doing hanging out with Dave Chappelle? And he's like, Because I'm dope and I do dope shit. <laughs> <laughs> something along those lines. I can't remember no, the that exact is quote. Pretty good. That is pretty good. And again, Kanye, uh, I really gained a lot of respect for Kanye uh, right around the 2016 election because remember he gave that concert where he uh, he just opened up on stage talking about <laughs> all the uh, how horrible the Clintons are and the Democratic Party and how uh, uh, Jay-Z was going to have him assassinated. Remember all that? And yeah. And then he was speaking. He was spitting truth, nonstop truth. And what did they say? Oh, Kanye is crazy. He's going crazy. He's losing his mind. So they had to take him down. They put him back. They took him back to the shop, like in Westworld. They had to put him in for a tune-up, and then they once they got him all drugged up again and tuned up, they sent him back in the world. But but it seems like he started losing it again not too long ago. So he's probably going to have to go in for another checkup, where they uh, program him up and send him out. So we'll see. All right, number ten. Why Trump is like a puppet like the rest? Uh, he seems to be pushing his own vaccine. Like he's really pushing the vaccine for COVID nineteen. Um, I saw a report today. They reserved 800,000 uh, vaccine doses. Like the vaccine's not even made or anything, but they're already preparing for all these vaccines. And it makes me think, like, you know, as, as much as a lot of people are against the vaccine, and I'm never going to take a vaccine and all this other stuff. But if Trump says it's okay, I bet a lot of those QAnon people would be taking vaccines, huh? So, yeah, something, something to keep in mind. Uh, number nine. Yeah, I don't know where the rest of the list is going, but that ties into a broader point of the guy's just a shill for his own products. 
to yeah. make himself money all the time. Yeah, well, that's what he does. That's who he ABC. Is. He is always closing. I'll always be closing. Get those steak knives. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number nine. I mentioned he loves America, but does he love America as much as Israel? Eh, I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, he's the first president to recognize Jerusalem and the capital of Israel as the capital of Israel, and uh, he's the first to recognize the Golan Heights as belonging to Israel. And uh, Israel, of course, took the Golan Heights away from Syria, and it's a very disputed portion of land. And Israel is actually creating a settlement in the Golan Heights called Trump Heights. Trump Heights. So now what's the problem with liking Israel so much? Well, Israel's pretty uh, not so good. When you really look into it, and they were probably behind 9-11 with <laughs> certain aspects of the U.S. government, um, the Israeli Mossad. And, yeah, no, it's just not the best to have uh, be beholden to Israel all the time. And Trump is the – he has said he's the best friend of Israel to ever be in the White House. Netanyahu has said it. I, I don't know. It's just always – here's when we'll know we'll have a good president, Tuffy. When he or she comes up and tells uh, Israel to go spit. You know, hey, you're on your own, Israel. We're not paying you billions of dollars a year. You're on your own. Figure it out. You know, uh, that's when you know you have a real president. Until then, eh. Because again, like the last president who had an issue with Israel, Kennedy, that didn't work out so well. So figure it out. Yeah. All right. Number eight. He does speak truth, but it's mostly truth about the Democrats and the media and how they're uh, vilifying him. He doesn't really speak any hard truths, like, you know, about the Fed. He hates the Fed, and he does come out against the Fed, but he doesn't just sit down. He could just have a press conference where he just breaks down the Federal Reserve, how it works, how money's made, uh, where, where all the interest on the Fed's going, and that would open up a lot of eyes for the U.S. A lot of U.S. citizens would wake up and realize, holy fuck, what are we doing? Uh, he could do that at any time he wants, but he still hasn't, and I'm still waiting. He doesn't talk 9-11, doesn't talk JFK. And before he was president, he did talk those things. You know, he did want to push for 9-11 truth and all this stuff. Now he's president, eh, not so much. Uh, he, like I said, he could literally just hold a press conference at any time and just read the WikiLeaks emails. Just start reading them. Show how Hillary was committing treason. Uh, show about all the shady shit going on that WikiLeaks exposed. But he doesn't. So why not? Why not? So I, I, Captain America would, Tuffy. You know, Captain America would. Yeah. He'd speak the truth. But Trump's not. So why not? Number seven, he filled his cabinet with the same swamp creatures from Wall Street and corporate America. You now he said he's going to drain the swamp, but he's brought in different creatures. Same and now people. we have a producer from Suicide Squad. In the <laughs> Is that Steve Mnuchin? Mnuchin? Yeah, Steve Mnuchin. Yeah. Suicide Squad. How about that? Uh, but, uh, I mean, VP Mike Pence, uh, he seems for the whole world like a deep state stooge. Uh, Attorney General Bill Barr has a storied history with the Bushes and the CIA, uh, dating back to Iran-Contra. And uh, Bill Barr's dad was a fellow named Don Barr, who hired Epstein for his first teaching gig. Back when Epstein had no business teaching anybody, <laughs> no qualifications to be a teacher, he, he got a teaching gig at a prestigious uh, private school that Bill Barr was in charge or Don Barr was in charge of. Uh, and by the way, I believe Don Barr is also a sci-fi novelist in his own right. And he wrote a sci-fi novel about aliens trafficking children. Hmm. Interesting. Keep that in mind. <laughs> but uh, also, when Trump was going through the impeachment bullshit, uh, he used Alan Dershowitz as his attorney. Dershowitz is, is neck deep in Epstein. 
Like, yeah, that's Dershowitz not a good look. Is, yeah, he's banging the underage girls. Uh, so if you're truly against pedophile rings, and why are you hanging around with Alan Dershowitz? Why is Alan Dershowitz your attorney? For fuck's sake, that makes no sense, right? So, I don't know. Um, but the cabinet is just full of billionaires and other rich fucks with ties to Wall Street and big banks. Nothing changed. <clears throat> this man of the people didn't really do anything to represent the people. Just uh, represent millionaires and the, the same uh, corporate elite. And that brings us to point number six. Uh, the wealth gap has grown even more, and especially during the coronavirus. Um, the aid was a way to consolidate wealth into fewer hands. Millionaires will reap 80% of the tax breaks from the coronavirus stimulus package, allowing some of the nation's wealthiest to avoid nearly $82 billion in tax liability in 2020. $174 billion in temporary tax breaks, overwhelmingly to rich individuals and large companies. The supposed small business loan program was used to bail out large, wealthier companies. Publicly traded companies received $1 billion meant for small businesses. And companies that left the U.S. for tax breaks could still receive federal aid under the coronavirus stimulus package. Basically, the rich got richer, and alarmingly so. So while we all got our $1,200, uh, they're all getting millions and millions of dollars. Jeff Bezos' wealth has increased. Mark Zuckerberg's wealth has increased. All these rich fucks got richer. Meanwhile, people, you know, can't pay their rent and still getting locked down and all this other bullshit. The rich keep getting rich. And that was under Trump, you know. Trump allowed all that. So is he really a man of the people? Eh, don't think so. And if you want a, a good guy who reports on this kind of stuff, his name is David Sirota, S-I-R-O-T-A. Um, if you go to the website sirota.substack.com, uh, you can find uh, he, he reports on a lot of this financial stuff. And uh, the website's called TMI, but the URL again is sirota.substack.com. He's a good reporter, investigative reporter, not so much of a marketer, because you really need a better URL there, David. <laughs> work on that uh but he wrote an article called looting by david sirota uh that, that's a good place to start if you want to read up on this stuff uh but yeah the wealth gap has grown uh things are just getting worse not better for the average american uh number five the the number five sign that uh, donald trump is a puppet like the rest pedo joe biden is his opponent this uh this is shocking to me that the democrats this party of uh you know in diversity and being inclusive and the best they can come up with is a 70 year old white dude the whitest of whitest dudes who has dementia can't form a sentence and is a fucking pedophile that's who they're running against donald trump how does that make any sense it's almost like they don't want to win that it's all just a big puppet show and that they do not want to win how is it possible for the Democratic Party to not have a better candidate than Joe Biden? Tuffy, any thoughts? That's a good question. Yeah. There is no universe where Joe Biden will be president of the United States. It is just not going to happen. The guy's a fucking buffoon and a moron. And I know people said that about Trump, but he's going to self-implode the minute he gets on a debate with Trump. It's going to be craziness. I, I always thought that they would wait, like push him up to the front and then they'll say, oh, well, he can't do it for health reasons. He's going to have to step down and we'll put somebody he's, else in there. So I, keep, I don't know, maybe maybe that'll still happen. But uh, he's just crazy. So here's a clip um, I want to play just to give you a hint of who Joe Biden is. 
this was at a campaign stop. This was pre-COVID. He was talking at like this uh, public pool place. And I guess he was there in his younger days. And he told the story about a guy named Corn Pop and how he had six feet of chain. And he had, they were tough dudes and he had to fight them. I don't know. But later on in the same speech, he, uh, the, the topic switches to his legs. And uh, here's a little clip about Joe Biden. And by the way, you know, I got a lot of I got hairy legs that turn that 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 turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. So it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. All right. So there it is, Tuffy. Joe Biden and his hairy legs. Now, you had never heard this before, correct? No, I had not. I heard about Corn Pop. <laughs> yes. So uh, now, what do you think when you hear Joe Biden talk about Terry legs and kids jumping on his lap and playing with his leg hair? How old was he when this was <laughs> happening? I don't. Yeah, he was. Uh, I don't know how old he was, but uh, I don't know how anyone could hear that and not think, oh, wow, that dude's a pedophile. That guy right there, he's a pedophile. <laughs> I've also never been at a public pool and thought, oh, good. Now the children are playing with my leg hair. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Like, what kind of a man says that? It's it's crazy. This is the guy they're running for president. Really? This is the best you got? Um, okay. Uh, and, and, like, when I say Joe Biden's a pedophile, it's not exaggerated. No, he's a pedophile. He likes kids. Um, it's, it's not, like, uh, again, I was talking to someone... Uh, recently tough i don't want to say who it was larry and he had no idea that joe biden was a pedophile i'm like how can you know who joe biden is and not have a sense that he likes kids how well, is it this possible is why you and larry need to interact in person more than once every eight years <laughs> it's like how is that possible to know who joe biden is and not know that he has a thing he's a creepy guy with a thing for kids eh? like a couple uh you know when was it? i don't know what year this was he was still vice president so i'm guessing it was like around 214 215 um, but they did a thing on the Senate, like after where, you know, they, with the meeting, the photo opportunities, with all the families, and you can find the video. The videos are harder to find these days because they're scrubbing them pretty hard off Twitter and uh, YouTube and stuff, but you can still find them if you look hard enough. But it's like, you know, like an hour or two hours on C-SPAN. They're just filming him doing these photo ops with families on the Senate floor. And they yeah, come he's like in. swearing at the senators, I think. Yeah. And they're just taking pictures. He knows he's being filmed. He knows the children's parents are literally right next to him, and it does not stop him. He is groping these kids, smelling their hair, doing all kinds of crazy shit. He takes one girl's hand and rubs it against his crotch, and she's like, whoa, and she pulls back. Then there's another girl, where he, like a little four-year-old, five-year-old girl, where he gets his hand around her side, and while everyone's looking up at the camera and smiling, you just watch his hand crawl in, and he just pinches her nipple. And she's like, what the fuck just happened to me? And she like pulls back. This guy is a pedophile. Don't let him near your children. Keep him away from your children at all costs. Uh, my, my favorite bit from all that, though, is uh, Jeff Sessions. Remember Jeff Sessions? Yeah. Uh, yeah, his family's yeah. there. And uh, his one granddaughter is there. And, and uh, as they're about to leave, Joe Biden's going to stroke his, girl, his granddaughter's hair. And Jeff Sessions just smacks his hand away. <laughs> says, get the fuck out of here, you. And just walks away. So they all know that he's, he's a pedophile. They all know he's creepy Joe Biden. That he is a thing. Yeah. They all know it. It's not a secret. Yet yeah, still... like he's Ugh. been hanging around the Senate for decades. A lot of these other senators have been there for decades. They all have to know. Yes. 
And this is still who the Democrats put up as their president. It's it's crazy. It's absolute insanity. I <laughs> again, it's, it's also, almost like they don't want to win. You know. It's well, even like, going back to you saying that's the best they could do. Like there was no point in any early part of the Democrat primary that Joe Biden looked like he was going to win. He just clung on and clung on as people fell <laughs> off until it was just him and Bernie Sanders left. Yeah. And Bernie, uh, again, another really old, rich white guy. Uh, but Bernie is just he's just there to bring his supporters into the Democratic Party and then step aside and put his support to whoever they pick. He's never there to win. He's never there to win. He had his chance against Hillary. He should have won against Hillary, uh, but he backed up and because they had leverage on him. And again, if you read the WikiLeaks emails, they had leverage. So I'll give you three guesses what the leverage is on Joe Biden or on Bernie Sanders. Um, Cause yeah, kids. Um, so they had leverage on them. They didn't have to worry about it. He stepped aside. But like when I think I would have actually voted a Democrat Tuffy if they would have had Tulsi Gabbard as their candidate, you know, who can look at Tulsi Gabbard and not say, I want to vote for her. That is, she a, was, a spe- <laughs> she was never going to win that primary. I know, so I know no chance of winning, but she is a spe- spectacularly uh, smart, confident, beautiful, uh, ex-military. Imagine her debating Trump. Like, how is that going to how is Trump going to come across looking good there against Tulsi Gabbard? You know, uh, like yeah. she would clearly be a better candidate than Joe Biden. Nope. Well, it's, it's also the case that you live in a state where your vote could actually matter, whereas I live and, in Illinois, where it does not matter who I vote for. The yeah. presidential outcome for Illinois is predetermined. Yeah, that it will all- be for the Democrat. Yeah, like if you live in California and you're a Republican, your vote is meaningless. It does. And yeah. fr- frankly, I think all votes are meaningless because, again, I'm not it's... sure they count the votes. I really would like to have proof that they count the votes. Um, yeah. I, I just think they just pick whatever they want. And that goes in. Uh, but anyway, Tulsi would have been a great candidate. Even a fellow like Andrew Yang. Uh, he seems like a nice fellow, a really good guy, smart. Uh, again, an Asian fellow. So that would be that would be groundbreaking. Have an Asian guy run for president. Nope. Let's get uh, let's get Joe Biden. Got to push Joe Biden again. Because really, what about a ticket of Tulsi and Andrew Yang? That seems pretty good. I think that could be Trump. But nope, let's get Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. Yeah, they're going to win. So, yeah, that makes me think that this isn't a real election. It's all just, you know, big puppet show. Big puppet show. All right. So uh, number four, uh, Rothschild Connections. Again, when we talk next uh, episode about people who run the world, you'll be hearing a lot about the Rothschilds. They're the folks that really run the world. And Trump has connections to the Rothschilds, uh, least of which uh, is a fellow named Wilbur Ross. Uh, He ran the Rothschild Inc.'s bankruptcy advisory board, and he helped bail out Trump in 1990 when his Taj Mahal casino was going under. In 2017, Trump named Wilbur Ross his Secretary of Commerce. Uh, How about that? So there you go. The Rothschilds are running the Secretary of Commerce. And, and he's a person who doesn't know how much a can of soup costs or something. <laughs> yes. Well, well, in fairness to Wilbur, he didn't also he also didn't know how much money he had. Because for many years he was telling people that he was a billionaire. And uh, even Forbes uh, ranked him as having a they said he had two point between two point three and two point nine billion dollars. But then when Trump named him as the uh, Secretary of Commerce in order to be appointed, he had to release his financial records. And it showed that well, actually he had only 600 million dollars only 600 million yeah i mean you could go down a little rabbit hole of the forbes like 
money reporting. Yeah. It's all pretty much self-reporting, so none of that means anything. But yeah. So poor Wilbur, only six hundred million dollars, um, and he is not the richest of the cabinet. <laughs> so keep that in mind. <laughs> I think Betsy Davos was the richest. If I Betsy DeVos, actually. Yeah, DeVos. However you want to say, it. yeah. It's, uh... it's it's DeVos. It's a Dutch name. She's one of my people. Oh, oh, look at that. Yeah. Tuffy knows how to say the Dutch names. Yeah, because the first school I went to, because uh, she's part of the Amway. No, yes. with a prince is part of Amway. Yeah, she was. She's like an she's Am a prince. Amway. She's Aaron. a prince. The princes are incredibly wealthy. The divorces are part of the Amway. So her husband is part of the Amway. She separately, a prince, is part of that family fortune. Yeah, she's got. So all she's doubly, doubly rich there. And uh, she's secretary of education, right? She's in charge of the schools. That is correct. Because that's what you want. Someone super rich who, you know, because they grew up in public schools, clearly, and they know what it takes to. Well, I could give schools. you a, a pretty good talk about Betsy DeVos and her stuff, but. <laughs> All right. Maybe a future episode of The Obedient Worker. All right. So the number one or number three reason why Trump is just a, another puppet. He was boys with Jeffrey Epstein. They were best buddies. Holy fuck. Were they good buddies? In a 2002 New York Magazine article entitled Jeffrey Epstein, International Money Man of Mystery, Trump said, quote, I've known Jeff for 15 years. Terrific guy. He's a lot of fun to be with. Uh, it is even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do, and many of them are on the younger side. No doubt about it. Jeffrey enjoys his social life. That's his buddy Jeffrey Epstein he's talking about. Now, when he says younger side, do you think he means 18, 19, or 12 and 13? That's the question. That's the big question. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Trump and Epstein's good buddies. Now, in fairness, they did have a falling out over the years and Trump did ban him from his properties. Uh, the story was that uh, Epstein was hitting on a 16 year old coat check girl. So Trump had him banned. And when Epstein was uh, originally brought up on charges in uh, the mid 2000s, Trump was the only person uh, like celebrity, a big, big witness to cooperate. And he testified. The only one. All the other rich fox just said, no, I'm not going to be part of this. But Trump actually did cooperate with the uh, investigation. And by all accounts, in terms of uh, all the documents, verifiable proof of the Epstein stuff, like the, the girls who gave testimonies, none of them said Trump did anything shady in terms of banging young girls or anything like that. Um, so that's a plus to his side. But was his falling out over Epstein, was it really about like he discovered that Epstein was running these blackmail parties and fucking young kids and giving young girls to rich people. Or was it because Trump screwed Epstein out of a property deal? Yeah, that's why it was. That's what happened. Um, in 2004, Trump and Epstein uh, were both trying to get a Florida real estate property. And in fact, the story goes that Epstein is the one who showed it to Trump first uh, to get his opinion. And then Trump beat Epstein in the auction. And then he flipped the property a few years later for a $45 million profit. So that's what the falling out was over. It doesn't seem like it was about anything having to do with kids. It was because, you know, Epstein got mad at him for taking a property away from him. So, but uh, yeah, they, they were good buddies. And also, let's keep in mind, you mentioned it earlier, Tuffy, Epstein is allegedly dead. And he was allegedly killed or committed suicide under Trump's watch. I mean, he's the president. 
Like he, if he knew Epstein was such a big, obviously such a in, integral witness to all this corruption going on in the DNC, you think he would have kept better track of him, like put him in a prison where they could watch him, you know, maximum somewhere, put him where they could keep an eye on him. But nope, they let him just uh, stay in that same prison and uh, supposedly hang himself. So I don't know. That's I know Trump as the president is in control of all that stuff, but still, if you're a guy who's fighting the evil cabal. If you're going to bring down all these uh, pedophiles, and I think you would take Epstein and you know, put him someplace real safe. Also, and then, given that Epstein was most likely just a tool to entrap other people, you would take him and turn him to get the people yes. who were using him. Yes, and uh, then recently with Ghislaine Maxwell, you know uh, his uh, yeah Epstein's buddy, right hand man. So they asked Trump about Ghislaine Maxwell at prison, and Trump wished her well. He wished her well. He said, I wish her well. Now, the Trump supporters, the QAnon folks, are saying, well, he said that because he wants her to live so she can testify. Uh, really? Eh, I don't know. Sure. It's, it seems like he yeah. really just wished her well. He's like, yeah, I, I wish her well. I hope she's okay. I would also guess that he doesn't really know what's going on with her <laughs> and just probably yeah. remembers who she is. Just says, oh, yeah, I wish her well. You know, I hope, you know, whatever. Yeah, I have a feeling he doesn't. Like he just saw those parties and he remembers her from parties and like, oh, yeah. And he doesn't really grasp what her situation is right now or even what Epstein's situation is. But again, if he if he's fighting this cabal, if he's our Captain America, he'd know all this shit. So, yeah, yes, it's not that Uh, number two. The number two reason Trump's a puppet like everyone else, his attorney and mentor uh, was a fellow named Roy Cohn. Now, have you ever heard the name Roy Cohn? Duffy? I have. Uh, what do you know about him? Anything? Or just... No, I've heard the name. I can't remember much about him. Well, he was an attorney, uh, and he was he became Trump's personal attorney in 1973, and uh, he started mentoring Trump. Because 1973, we mentioned a little bit earlier about the the older Trump being a, a slumlord and stuff. Uh, the Trumps were sued for discriminatory uh, rental practices that they weren't renting properly to uh, blacks and um, uh, Puerto Ricans. Now, it, it sounds horrible when you first hear it, but keep in mind, this is 1973, and this was a citywide thing throughout New York. It wasn't just the Trumps. A lot of people were, they were trying to make a point about stressing this new law that was just put in and to make uh, renting practices more you know, above board and you know, honest and not discriminatory. So it wasn't just Trump targeted. There's a lot of people targeted in this. Um, like all Trump of was 20... landlords, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, uh, you know, they needed to make progress here. So they were cracking down on everybody. And Trump was 27 at the time. Uh, the the way the court ended uh, the investigation, there's a bunch of documents released about the investigation on the FBI website, the vault, the, uh, so you can go find them. Uh, there were people who said that there were witnesses who said there was no discriminatory practices. There were witnesses who said there were. So there's a lot of conflicting testimony. But listen, I'm going to go out on a limb and say there were. You know, 1973, they probably were discriminating. Uh, the way the, the case settled was the government and Trump, they they just settled it and said, all right, we'll do we'll take extra steps to ensure that there are no discriminatory practices going on. Um, like they had to put up posters or something. I don't know. <laughs> they just had to they had to do some stuff. So they weren't found guilty. Uh, both the government and Trump considered it a win. So whatever you want to say. Um, but so that's how he first met Roy Cohn because he, he approached Roy Cohn about advice on how to handle the situation. And then Roy Cohn 
became his mentor. So who's Roy Cohen? Well, at 23, Cohen was an assistant to Joseph McCarthy. That's right, the Red Scare, Joseph McCarthy. He was his right-hand man at 23. And then he became best pals with a guy named J. Edgar Hoover. That's right. And he was also uh, pals with a mob guy named Louis Rosensteel. And all these fellas uh, taught Roy Cohen how the world really works. And how you got how to blackmail people and do all kinds of stuff. And Roy Cohn was running blackmail operations out of Manhattan's Plaza Hotel, specifically Suite 233, where, you know, he would supply kids to rich people or supply underage girls or just women in general and blackmail them, videotape it, blackmail them. That's the business they're in. That's Roy Cohn. That's what he was doing. And uh, he was also part of the Lavender Scare back in the day where they were trying to, you know, root out with J.R. Edgar Hoover's rooting out all the gays in D.C. and everything in politics. And but uh, Roy Cohen himself was gay, although, uh, well, he's not gay, Tuffy. They said he's not gay. He just liked having sex with men. That's how he classified it. And he died in 1986 at the age of six, uh, the age of 56. Uh, yeah, from AIDS. He died of AIDS because he liked to have the sex with the fellows. But he wasn't gay. But Let's not in a gay way. Mind. Not in a gay way, no. Uh, so, uh, and keep in mind this whole time, the reason he was saying he wasn't gay, because most of the time he's persecuting gay people. He was doing things to undermine the gay causes and, you know, trying to persecute gays. Uh, but he wasn't gay. So in 1988, though, after uh, Cohn's death, Trump bought the Plaza Hotel, <clears throat> that same hotel where the blackmail operations were running. And it is said, Tuffy, that Trump was holding his own parties to introduce young women to wealthy businessmen and politicians. How young were these women? <laughs> were these parties being filmed? You know, maybe Trump's been involved in this blackmail stuff since the day. Who knows? Um, after Cohn, uh, the guy who was leading this uh, blackmail uh, was a fellow named Craig Spence. He came in during the uh, the Reagan and Bush years. He was the leading guy. And then after Spence killed himself, allegedly, <laughs> I think that's when you saw Epstein step to the forefront after that. Uh, I'm sure there's lots of people doing it. It's not just one guy each time, but like they're like the main tend to be the main guys um so it's it's cone spence epstein that's the sequence and trump's been around them all um and by the way cone also has deep ties to the democrats um it's not just the republicans but he was he was in deep with the reagans and uh another one of his was dick morris who of course was tied in with the clintons and in fact dick morris was uh roy cone's cousin so again the it's not Democrat or Republican. They're all corrupt. They're all fucking corrupt. Um, our government and society as we know it, Tuffy, is based on an intricate web of kid fucking. And Trump has been around it his whole life. So if you're thinking he's protecting you from this evil cabal, how do you explain Roy Cohen? How do you explain Jeffrey Epstein? Um, yeah. I don't know. Also sort of uh, adjacent to this point, not necessarily related, is just related to Trump, this whole thing about like the Moscow hotel in the video that they had of him. It's like, that's bullshit. He would that's... not be dumb enough to yes. do that. All that, all that Russia stuff is bullshit. They use the CIA used that same story of a politician having sex in a hotel, except in their version, I, I think instead of peeing, it was, uh, uh, the poop. <laughs> um, but they used that same story to, uh, in Indonesia to try and undermine a politician in Indonesia. It, it's the same playbook they use all around the world, and it's pretty easy to know to, to realize it when you see it, if you know what they're doing. Um, like, like all this civil unrest, 
and all this Black Lives Matter and Antifa stuff, all these riots. These are all the color revolutions that George Soros and the CIA have been running in other countries. Now they're just doing it here. It's the same fucking thing. Um, so, yeah, it's the CIA never sleeps. It's fucking CIA. Uh, sorry, the number one reason that Trump is a puppet like the rest. If he were truly a threat to the establishment, Tuffy, why is he still alive? Yeah. Why? Why was he not murdered immediately? Uh, the fact that he's still alive should tell you that he is not a threat to anybody in power. Um, he would have been taken out. So, especially since they have Mike Pence as the VP, who is, you know, kind of with the cabal adjacent, if not part or at of the least cabal. willing to do whatever they tell him. <laughs> yes. Uh, Bill Hicks always tells, a, he has a good joke. I, I'll probably play the clip next week, maybe. Um, but he has a joke where he says, uh, every president, they're all the same. Like, uh, this was back when Clinton just came in. He goes, and they first, they all have these ideas what they're going to do. And then when they get elected, they go into this room with the 12 big industrialists and they show him a clip of the Zapruder film, but it's from a different perspective, the Kennedy assassination. It's like from the opposite side of Dealey Plaza. And they show him shoot, getting shot in the head. And then they just turn off the projector and look at him and say, hey, got any questions? And then the president's like, no, I'm good. I'll do whatever you want. So, yeah, it, like if Trump were truly a threat, he'd be dead. So I just don't understand how. I, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? All right. So what's the conclusion here? Tuffy? What have we learned? Well, I still don't know what's going on uh, because I clearly. Think... Well, well, let me just say this. Clearly, the Democrats hate Trump and some horrible, horrible people on the Democrat side hate Trump. So that makes me think, hey, he might be a good guy. The media hates Trump. So that makes me think, oh, he might be a good guy. But then you look through his history. Uh, he's clearly involved in this stuff, neck deep his whole life, with Roy Cohn and Epstein and uh, the, the Rothschilds uh, and everybody. So I, I don't know. What's your take, Tubby? Uh, I think the system is built to survive these kind of aberrations. <laughs> where it's like, it's not always the person they definitely pick, but it doesn't matter because the system grinds them all out anyways, and it comes out the same no matter what. Yeah, like even if you get in an honest president, like let's say miraculously Tulsi Gabbard got elected somehow, and Tulsi Gabbard's in there. The rest of the people around her are so corrupt, it doesn't matter. You know, like there, there's corruption everywhere. So, And this is person... not to say that every person is corrupt, but there is enough no. corruption in the system and enough corrupt people who want to protect the system that you just cannot defeat it. Yes. Not everyone in DC is corrupt, but uh, by most estimates of people in the know, they, they usually say about 60% or 66% are controlled in some way through blackmail. So um, yeah. And, and you can always tell the ones who aren't because they're the politicians like Tulsi or, uh, Ron Paul or even like a Dennis Kucinich, remember that little fella? Like they get yeah. high up, but they never get real high up. You know, they never make that extra step to be in the in the big club. They they get so high and then they're they're beaten down, you know. They're like, all right, they get pushed to the side. Um, but the ones who really take center stage, like your Bidens, your Clintons, your Obamas, your, your Bushes, and like before Trump, I would say Trump. Um you know, you got to play ball in order to get on the field. Uh, so basically what I think, Tuffy, the more I look at it, is uh, politics is just pro wrestling. I put everything in terms of pro wrestling. Yeah, I would also it's say all... that it seems like at his core, Trump's 
his his main goal is his own self-interest. And yeah. these people who run the system are able to take his self-interest and turn it for their own benefit. Not that he's not also benefiting, but the main point is for the benefit of the system. And again, and if it happens it, to help Donald Trump, well, that's great because then he'll really play along very well. In, in pro wrestling terms, uh, politics is all kayfabe. You know, it's a uh, it's a work it's a work match. The, they know it's all fake. It's it's pre-planned. Everyone knows what they're doing. And Trump's just playing his part. Now, does Trump know it's a work or does he think it's a shoot? Like if you wanted a puppet who you could control without actually who can be like straddling that line, you'd want them to be an egomaniac, a blowhard, arrogant, someone who believes he's in control. Um, but you, you just let him run wild and then he says whatever and then you just reel him in when you need to. And who would his handlers be? They would be Ivanka, his daughter, and uh, her, his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, who is who is Israel's best buddy as well. And like they have the ties to the CIA and stuff who, to watch over him, to keep him in line. But they just let Trump run, run free because people hate him so much. Again, in wrestling terms, stuff, he's the heater. He's the guy that draws the heat. He gets people riled up and uh, gets them all angry and mad. And it distracts people from what's really going on. So as long as Trump's there, further dividing the country, further causing chaos, letting all this nonsense go on in the, in the media, the people who really control everything, the bankers, your corporations, uh, they're happy. Because it's just the peasants fighting amongst themselves. No one's, no one's looking at them. Yeah, so I think another that- sort of uh, wrestling analogy I might throw out there is like, Trump is the guy they put the strap on. Trump knows it's a fix that he got the strap. He didn't really win the match, but he also thinks he could win the match if he had to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. He thinks if it was a shoot, he would win. <laughs> but if, if it was a shoot, he would be shot. That's the truth. Uh, so that's from um, the other thing to keep and watch on. Uh, so what, what does this mean for the election coming up? we got an election coming up here in November. Well, uh, keep it uh, just recently, they've been planting the seeds about the post office. Everyone's up in arms about the post office. So Trump, Trump's uh, undermining the post office. He's uh, he's cutting down the post office, so it'll slow down the va- the ballots, and uh, you won't be able to get mail-in voting. Keep in mind, the post office has been dying a slow death for many, many years. Obama was in the White House for eight years, did nothing to save the post office. More mail sorting machines were taken out under Obama than Trump. This is just regular business as usual. As the way the post office operates, but they're they're playing it up already at the post office. Oh, he's going to undermine the vote, the mail-in ballots. So, Tuffy, we need to prepare for the situation that uh, the re- the election results will be contested, and they'll say the yeah. ballots aren't being counted properly. It's the and... new hanging Chad. <laughs> yes, and if you really want to go next level, someone will find a a stash of of filled out ballots that uh, somehow came in from China or Russia. And then they'll say, holy fuck, they're trying to meddle with our election. We can't, all the, all the results are fucked. We don't know who won. Biden won. Clearly, Trump's just trying to steal the election. Stealing the election. And if this goes beyond, uh, what is it, uh, January 20th? Yeah. If it, uh, if it goes beyond that, um, if it goes beyond that, then the results are officially contested. And Trump has to leave office. Uh, and it would be... People think Pelosi would become president. No, uh, she's House of Representatives. They would all be all there because they're all up for election. So it won't be them. It will go to the Senate. And whoever is the, owns the majority of the Senate, that would be the Democrats. 
And usually it's the, the Democrat with the most tenure would be made the temporary president, but they technically could just pick whoever they want. So get ready for this. <laughs> if this, this will be ultimate chaos. I, I don't know, <laughs> but I, I definitely think you'll be seeing contested results because of these mail-in ballots. They wouldn't be talking about the post office so much unless this was the plan, you know? So that might um, also tell you whether Donald Trump is really a puppet or not, because Al Gore was happy to just tuck his tail between his legs and walk home. <laughs> yeah. Good old Al Gore. Uh, what a fuck that guy is. Um, so I don't know. The, the end, the big thing to keep in mind here, and I can't stress this enough. No politician is going to save you. <laughs> they don't give a fuck about you or your family. The world is human farming and you're the livestock. All right. Keep that in mind. They don't care about you. They never have. They never will. Nothing will change without a very bloody revolution. Not the kind of Antifa Black Lives Matter revolution and civil unrest that's endorsed by corporations in the media. No, like a real revolution where people take weapons and go after the rich, the bankers and, and the, the politicians and the, the corporate leaders, the CEOs. Those are the people you need to go after if you're having a real revolution. Not yeah, more, like a, more like a Fidel Castro kind of revolution. <laughs> yes. yes. And, and, and even if that happens, theoretically, there's this huge revolution where people are killing uh, off bankers and Wall Street people and everything calms down eventually. And we start this grand new country, America, the way you know, it was in the old days of the 1700s, 1776. Everything's glorious. We love America. Guess what? Within one generation, it's all back to where we are because humans yeah. are greedy corrupt fucks it's just the way it is it's just the way it is and the people who want to be politicians they're the greediest most corrupt fucks of us all no no good people are going to want to have these uh run for political office they just don't because who wants to be bothered with this bullshit yeah more uh, of a sort of robespierre french revolution followed by napoleonic empire <laughs> <laughs> like carlin uh, said you know you think we can do better than this no this is the best we got Garbage in, garbage out. These politicians are the best we got because all humans are fucking terrible. It's just what it's going to be. It's an endless cycle. So even if we cure it now, it'll just come back. If you go back to 1776 and the revolution, it looked good. And up, oh, then comes the, the international bankers came in then under Madison and everything. Uh, so don't, it's just going to keep repeating itself over and over and over. There's really nothing you can do. So what can we do, Tuffy? What should we do? Well, get your head right, you know? Uh, realize what's important in your life. Take care of your family. Focus on things that actually matter. Uh, you know, choose, try to choose love over fear. Just be a good person. Be the best person you can be. Uh, because here's another little secret. All of this, everything here, what we see in it, it's all, it's all illusionary bullshit. Not just politics. Everything in our world is illusionary bullshit. In the grand scheme of things, 200 years from now, none of this is going to matter. You're still going to be dead. Uh, so figure out what makes sense to you at a spiritual level and uh, do what feels right to you as an individual and be the best person you can be, help others, love others. Just be a good person, Tuffy. That's basically all you can do as one person in this world. Just live a good life, live the best life you can and try to be good to others. Right, Tuffy? Unless Elon Musk figures out this pig brain thing. <laughs> yes. And, and hurry up and do all this before they put the chips in our brain and control us by Starnet or whatever the fuck that's called. But I, I really don't know, because this shit drives me crazy. I just get so mad. And, uh, like, I know that all this stuff is just designed to, like, divide the country and divide people. Yet it's it still works on me. Like, I, I seriously don't talk to people I used to, you know, some of my favorite people in the world I don't talk to anymore just because 
it's such bullshit trying to talk to him. You know, like I just, they all just want to talk about Trump and politics. And it's like, just let it go. It's fucking nonsense. Um, so even though I know what their plan is, I still allow it to work on me. So what do I do, Tuffy? Do I go out and try and help others and love others? Nope. I stay in my house. <laughs> I just want to be left alone. Leave me the fuck alone. Hey, you but, just watch uh, wrestling where you know Vince McMahon's the one pulling the strings, doing <laughs> stupid things every week. But, uh, oh, the other good thing people can do is create something. Create something. You know, go out and create something, whether it's art or, uh, I don't know, an organization. Just do something creative. Because that's really at the essence of what life is, is creation and creating and yeah. um, perpetuating things. Have an idea, follow it out to uh, fruition, just make it, bring it to life. You know, that's good stuff. Yeah, spend 20 hours a week watching the WWE where you know a 70-year-old man is the one pulling all the strings. <laughs> but at least our president beat that 70-year-old man, you know, <laughs> and shaved his head. <laughs> and by the way, Linda McMahon was uh, part of Trump's cabinet as well for a while. Yeah. Um, what was she, like the small business stuff? Or, I think I don't know. know. But yeah, she's not there anymore. But um, yeah, so I don't know. Any final thoughts on Trump, Tuffy? Uh, the man seems like a clown, but somehow he's the head of the U.S. government. L- listen, I really, I really hope I'm wrong about all this. I really hope that there's good people fighting the fight for us behind the scenes. These supposed white hats and the NSA and the CIA and the FBI. I hope they're fighting the good fight behind the scenes. I hope Trump's leading us into a glorious future. But yeah, I, I just don't. <laughs> I just find it hard to believe. Sorry. Yeah. I don't Agreed. think it's happening. So, all right, there it is, Donald Trump. Um, I don't know when we'll do another episode. Again, uh, I'm very busy. Very busy. Very busy. But uh, maybe I think the next one will be about who runs the world. We'll, we'll talk about the families, the ancient bloodlines, <laughs> who's really pulling the strings. We'll give you the structure of society and where you're at. By the way, you're not at the top. If you're listening to this, you are not ah. near the top. Nope. Very bottom, puppy. We're at the very bottom. Um, so also, I, I wanted to have a, a little closing thing at the end of the show, a little closing catchphrase. And uh, our buddy Street Dreamer uh, suggested follow the money. Uh, then you put a nice little twist on it, Tuffy. You said follow the monkey because yep. they love monkeys. That's pretty good. But uh, I think we'll just go with George Carlin. Another George Carlin. And after we sign off, I'm also going to play a little Bill Hicks clip. Uh, just a minute or so uh, about his view on politics in America. But uh, so in next, until next time, just remember it's all big club and you ain't in it. <laughs> you and I are not in the big club. They're all the same. I'll show you politics in America. Here it is right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Here's Love Connection. Watch this and get fat and stupid. By the way, keep drinking beer, you fucking morons.